0: from oh, yeah. Firestone yeah, yeah. Walker trying to get in the mood and yeah. for our little booze show here. But I used to um, use this this beer in classes that I would teach and I would always pair it with uh, chocolate chip cookies Ooh. and just blow people's minds. Yeah, sounds <laughs> delicious. I haven't had this beer in a couple years. They didn't actually, they brewed it, or they took a, a year off of brewing it. But it's back now and it's awesome.
1: What percent, I, What percentage is it? How It's boozy?
0: 12, 12 and a half. Something Pretty like good so yeah it's, it's up there
1: yeah what is the, um, high, believe- what is the high, what's the highest alcohol ABV you've drunk of beer
0: that oh. i've drunk it was somewhere i had a um a glass glass is generous like a little thimble full of sam adams utopias one time mm. um which is like i don't know 30 32 doesn't that, that come in like an
1: insane really? container like isn't is isn't like a, a chalice yeah, or something like, like a, it's
0: Looks like well, the a actually... hand
1: grenade from Monty Python or something.
0: <laughs> no, the bottle is. I, it used to at least it used to be in the shape of the like sort of the top half of a of a kettle, like not a you know tea kettle, but like a brew kettle. That's it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they still have that shape, but um, but yeah, Larry, it's super super strong, but it's it's oh. to get it that high. There's some form of distillation, and it's uh, not legit distillation because that's illegal for a brewery distill its beer unless it has a distilling license, which Boston Beer Company doesn't have. So they do something to it to somehow sort of evaporate some of the water out of the beer. Because basically you can't, you know, you can't ferment something more than about 15, 16, maybe, you know, maybe 18% alcohol because yeast is just not that alcohol tolerant. Yeah, does it, creates,
1: just, does it just, it, it just dies. dies. It just kills yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically it just creates too much uh, too much alcohol and, it, you know, yeah. it's and not.
1: The yeast can't hold its liquor? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the liquor is getting in through these uh, cell walls, so yeah, it, it can't. It literally can't hold it out. That's oh, the problem. Shit. I'm um, looking. But this anyway, so dope, I the I this. dope, man. This looks like you're right. It looks like a kettle top of a. Kettle. Yeah, it's cool. It's I mean, it's a, it's a $200 bottle or something crazy yeah. like that. So yeah, I remember. Totally yeah, years there. ago, I remember. I just
1: I just know because I remember years ago, Megan's uncle, I think, just like at Thanksgiving, was like, want to see something, and he was in the other room, and he came back with the Sam Adams Utopias, and I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't Did heard you of try? It the time. No, he wasn't opening it. He was just showing me the bottle. Oh, don't <laughs> bring it out. Don't bring it out. If he, was just te- he, it. Was just, he was just bragging.
0: <laughs> no, don't bring it out if you're not going to drink yeah. it. It's the centerpiece of the cellar. It's not really for drinking,
2: right? <laughs> I'll, I'll do respect, but still, like, let's pour, pour me. A it's like a,
1: his his vintage car or something. He's not he's not going to drive it. <laughs> it's
0: like in Ferris Bueller, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I want to say I don't have any chocolate chip cookies, but uh, thankfully we have some friends that came over. Um, we actually have friends that came over. yay last we social distance. Because you're with them. free, um,
1: kind of. But yeah, it was it was <laughs> awesome.
0: And they've got little little kids, and so they have. Um, so they brought over some Girl Scout cookies. Oh, and they I'm, I'm pairing this oh, with nice. uh, Samoa. Don't say Samoa. Don't
2: say Samoas. Why would you do that to me? Why would you do that? to
0: me? <laughs> I didn't know you had a weakness.
1: <laughs> Come on,
0: man. Well, Larry, this is going to piss you off even more. I don't think I'd ever had a Samoa in my life.
1: Whoa! Who are I thought you knew your food and drink, my man.
2: I Come did. On. How, how was how is the pairing? You? How was the pairing going? How it's the pair?
0: stupendous. It's an absolute ten. It's incredible. Stupendous.
1: Stupendous. Yeah. That sounds they so happen good. Happen. Oh, Dang I mean, Yeah. Well, right was now. it? Were they called Samoas on the package? Because I know in some places they're called like caramel yeah, delights. They've changed the yeah, name. Oh. Crazy I think Samoa... oh, these are
0: these are still samosas.
1: Okay. Are Samoas. Montana, it's still um, but when Simone. I was
0: little, I didn't like coconut, and so I oh, ran cool. ran away from these things. And now that I'm an adult, I like coconut, but I don't really, you know, I hate to say it, I don't really support the uh, the, the Girl Scout cookie machine as, as much as perhaps I should.
1: Uh-huh. I I, I support they're it they're for my money. Favorite. I will go to the bank to get money to buy Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, because you
2: guys are good Americans. Those and thin <laughs> mints. <laughs> I do my Those, yeah. Smoes and thin mints, man.
1: Oh. Yeah, I'll go with tagalongs too. Tagalongs, tag the peanut butter mind. one.
2: Yeah, those
0: aren't
1: bad. Those are The lemon. Ones there was are a brewery, good.
0: there's a brewery in San Francisco that used to do Girl Scout cookie beers, where oh. they would uh, take each Girl Scout cookie and sort of transform it into a beer. That sounds, and, just about to ask. Uh, sounds, sounds great. I was just about
1: to ask. Well, Some were really good. I was going to say the brew. I mean, you know, we all love the brewery on this podcast. The brewery in, uh, in Anaheim, <laughs> and I think they had a Thin Mint one. I don't oh. know, or I think it wasn't called Thin Mint, but I'm pretty sure they had one. Maybe it's not them, but I'm pretty sure they had one that was like made to taste. Like your favorite quote unquote mm-hmm. chocolate minty cookie from an organization, you know, the way they coyly hint at yeah, what it totally is. Nice
2: to well, yeah. why not? Well,
0: the one yeah. in San Francisco is Woods Brewing Company, and they're great. And um, the actual, the they just hired a new brewer there that's the old brewer from Social Kitchen Brewery. And he's a oh, guy I hired to replace me at Social Kitchen Brewery, which just closed. So. He is now doing brilliant things over at Woods, which was already doing great. brilliant things like Girl Scout cookie beers and all that. So, cool. I'm excited to see that. And then on the brewery side, I just read a press release that they are doing a new beer that's a collaboration with Jenny's ice creams. Ooh, so it's like yeah, an yeah, ice yeah. cream scene. Yeah, they
1: did one of those last last year too. I think it's like a yeah. Like they've done it. And yeah. it was so
0: popular, so popular that they're doing another. That's so. great.
1: Oh wow. Oh crap, guys, guys, here? guys! I forgot to tell you. What? Tech- what?
2: I forgot to tell you, man. So Larry, what? I got like two different people hit me up about developing my um my my restaurant idea in Chicago. Really?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, are it, they <laughs> the Tweedledum and Tweedledummer?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the first guy's name was Tweedled D, and then the other uh, dude was Tweed. I think
1: it was Tweedledummer.
2: <laughs> yeah, Tweedledummer, Tweedled D, and Tweedled Tweedledummer. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Larry, if, if that ever happens, um, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be your, uh, I'll be your first customer. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. And with no, that, what, you no know money. what? You know what? Let's get started. Hey, everybody! It's time for your taste of liquid bread. Does that work? Yeah. Time for your taste of liquid bread.
2: A taste? Yeah. Sounds hey, like look- the start of a. It, it's weird so I mean, it's weird I, is yeah the way you said it was kind of Did like, I give it a tone? It kind of like, mm. like bone I was kind of giving boom, it like a
1: NPR little bone it was
0: kind of like deep thoughts like jackie ah,
1: yeah it's soothing relax lie back yeah, see, and I, didn't, I didn't get pour yourself a all. glass of liquid they <laughs> so got something else <laughs> I got like
2: I got like straight up you got softcore porn porn no no softcore.
1: Hardcore. oh, like oh wow hardcore. You, I leapt past softcore.
0: brown, brown chicken brown cow <laughs> 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 All right, well,
1: uh, as always, I'm Maddie Smith, uh, not right next to me, but in the same city in sunny, beautiful Los Angeles is my friend, Larry Bates. What it do, what it do. We've had some nice weather lately. Unfortunately, last time I expressed optimism that LA would be uh, loosening restrictions, and it seems like we're inside forever, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, and also with us is Master Cicerone, and this week, he's the booze boss, Rich Higgins. How you Hey, doing, Rich.
2: I mean, is it okay though, Maddie? Is it okay? I mean, you said, you said you were hoping that we would ease restrictions, but it's not, but that's okay. Is it, is it? Really is it okay? Like that?
1: That's a good question. I don't <laughs> know. Well, no, I, yeah, I know. I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm going to be optimistic because what else do I have? But uh, yeah, yeah, last week I was like, You're I think optimistic. they're doing a good job. And then, and then like a week later, the, whatever, the health director of LA was like forever. They were like All end this, of July. Yeah.
0: They walked yeah. it back well, a little bit. Good. All's good for you cuz you got your dog uh, dog washed. My
1: dog is washed. My dog got clean. The groomer is back. She got her foot, her paws trimmed. She's not slipping on hardwood anymore. It's a beautiful day. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And I'm very excited for today. So uh today uh, in a little bit Rich is going to give us a lesson I guess I didn't think of what to call the lesson right now, but you're just going to talk about basically alcohol and its effects and booziness and all that fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. How Like what happens when we drink beer? What is beer as far as our body cares about and uh, like how it affects us? Why why getting drunk can feel good and why hangovers feel terrible? Cool. Yeah, that sounds so, great. Okay. Um, yeah. And before
1: yeah. we get started, actually, I wanted to read, I got a, I got a letter, uh, a, a listener letter. Um, that i wanted cool. to read real quick
2: is this the one about my brewery that they want to finance my brewery is this the one about
1: that? Uh, let me see uh oh it is it is addressed to you larry it is actually addressed to you uh let's see here uh, dear mr bates we the chicago bears in association with the national football league formally request that you cease and desist all use of colors logos and associated trademarks of the chicago bears football team in your business further use of said copyrights will result in legal action sincerely ted phillips <laughs> president chicago bears so there you go a little bit of fan <laughs> mail for you larry
2: of course it'd be from ted of course it would be from ted ted sent he signed
1: it this is a physical letter they sent oh my goodness, goodness. he sent it to yeah, said liquid bread headquarters can you, get, yeah, liquid can you make a office. copy of it and send it to me i will i'll frame okay. it i'll frame it for you That's too bad, well right? that sucks so, larry yeah good That's luck larry board. good luck with that yeah thank you i appreciate you'll it you'll have to let those investors know
0: uh, I got a letter from Los Tigres del Norte oh, saying nice. that uh, they've actually never heard of you, Maddie, and um, they have no idea what what you're talking about.
1: Ah, that's why they're not getting back to me.
0: <laughs> yep, that's tough. <laughs> well, they're busy. The
1: tigers are busy. All right, so uh, yeah, before we go get going, uh, Rich, you had a few stories you want to talk about real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm taking over current yeah. events this week. Yeah, Maddie, you gotta lay off for a sec here. Living um, easy, I'm loving so, it. Really impressive. I'm not wearing pants. Big, big news coming out of belgium um so i used to live in belgium and i have traveled there a bunch and i just uh just absolutely love the country and love the culture um and i love things like belga palm which sounds like a dance club or something like that but in <laughs> fact it's the uh, belgian national potato growers association and i think palm is nice. from fried or palm, palm de terre. belga palm um is advising belgians to eat French fries uh, or Belgian frites, uh at least twice a week, um, instead of their <laughs> uh, hitherto for recommendation of at least once a week. Wow! Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's pretty awesome. So uh, Romaine Coles, who's the uh, the the head of the Belgian growers uh, or Belgian potato growers union, um, has said that, and uh, basically. Like, as of late April, there are approximately 750 metric tons of potatoes piled up in Belgian warehouses. Okay, so they're uh, over,
1: they're overflowing with potatoes.
0: Yeah, unable to be sold uh, because restaurants are closed and festivals are canceled and stuff bad. like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Belgians need to eat some more, eat some more damn fries. I oh, recommend wow. it.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say, like, from being in Belgium, they – look, the two things that really – I guess the three things that really delivered – that I was expecting when I went to Belgium was beer, were beer, fries and waffles, and man, they Real delivered on all. Really? Really? I didn't no ex- stoop well, I knew about the stoop, but I wasn't expecting like the cultural overload of stoop. Um, <laughs> I mean, stoop is the greatest thing that ever exists in the world. And one day we'll do an episode on stoop and pe- stoop, and people wonder why we're doing an episode about potatoes that doesn't an involve episode. beer. A wait a beer, wait, beer, beer, fries and waffles, fries and waffles. Beer was fantastic. Waffles were fantastic. And man, they really do love the fries every bit as much as you expect them to. Like they have – You're just on corners. They They were delicious. They were – I mean, well, I will say – Actually, I would say they were good. I wouldn't say they were like wildly like better necessarily, you know, because fries can – They're fried potatoes. But that said, they're just everywhere. And even in like nicer places, they just have fries as always on the menu. There's just on the corner. There's guys selling bags of fries. You're dipping the fries in it's mayonnaise. Not just,
0: it's not just that they're they're tasty. It's that they are um, – there's no shame. Yes, right? that's what it is. You're that's a good way to, to put eat it. eat them all the time. That's and, perfect. And you get them served in restaurants yeah. with all sorts of dishes that you wouldn't expect fries to be served yeah. with. Say wow. that they're on the menu. They are if you want to order a side of fries. But you, why would you order a side of fries? Because you're going to get them with like everything else you order.
1: Yeah,
2: that's, big, that's perfect. Are they big thick fries? Are they wedges? Are they – like shoestring, like I feel wedges. like I saw
1: it every way. I feel like I saw like just like kind of thick fries, mostly not wedges, but just thick fries. Like I didn't see any shoestrings, yeah. I don't think, but I do think okay. I saw them. I mean, and Rich, obviously, you live there and travel there much more than me, so you might know better. But I feel like in my experience, they just were like fries. But, but it's like mm-hmm. you said, they just honor the fry in the way that you honor yeah, the beer. They works. just like the fry. You can just get fries everywhere. Oh. You just ate a ton <laughs> of fries. It was great. It was, it was, if you like fries, you got a country for you.
0: Yes. For sure, and the funny thing about the story. So the story I got from the is from the BBC, and it came out a couple weeks ago. But uh, they, uh, I can't believe that that Belgians are expected to eat expected to eat fries just once a week, but in pandemics, move it up to twice a week. Most Belgians I know eat fries like four or five, six yeah, times a week.
1: I was gonna say, I don't know how you would. Well, because I'm glad I don't live in. I'm glad I live in LA where I just drive home from work. Because like there are some mm-hmm. cities in a place like Belgium, I'd probably take the train and walk out. And then on the corner outside, my, like nearby, there'd oh, be a fry seller and I'm just yeah. going to buy those fries. Like if I lived in New York, <laughs> I'd buy the nuts for nuts or I'd buy like a slice of pizza all the time just because mm-hmm. it's there. And I walk in past it and it'd be dangerous. Danger zone for me. Yeah.
0: My weakness in Belgium is the, is the waffles, specifically the, uh, the Liege style oh, waffles. Yeah, those are so and, with and, the little and, sugary things. The little pearls. incredible. Yeah, they're totally incredible. So Liege style is a totally different style than the Brussels style. And so when most Americans eat Belgian waffles, quote unquote Belgian waffles, that's the Brussels style, which is easier to make. They're a little bit less expensive um, and they have less flavor and less character. It's sort of like the difference between like Wonder Bread and sourdough. So like the Liege style is more like sourdough and there are a bunch of other differences. That's a whole other episode we can get into. But uh, it's they're, they're incredible and I cannot walk by them and smell them and not buy one they're they're so good
1: i do remember rich you talking about it when you were talking about the waffles to me and my dad when we were going to be there for a few more days after after your mm. tour you were just like get the liege style you guys are going to want to get a leash don't don't worry about the other yeah. one go get some style. you were right you were very right um, hey they were they, those were outstanding too those delivered actually you know what also the four i forgot about the chocolate the chocolate in belgium also delivers well it's, it's a country that has its priorities
0: straight <laughs> yeah yeah
2: sounds like it beer chocolate Fries
1: and waffles.
0: Can't beat it. Damn. All right. Well, that's a wrap, right? We're done uh, with the Bell- <laughs> episode. Perfect. Uh, awesome. Happy Beering. Well, good luck to Belgium. <laughs>
1: if you're out, if you're one of our Belgian listeners, please eat more French fries. <laughs> please. Please. That's exactly
0: right. Please. Um, all right. And in other news, I want to mention um, that. So I mentioned in the, the little Belgian story here that um, one of the reasons that French fry consumption is down is that a lot of summer festivals, food festivals and music festivals and all that are being canceled. And uh, the same thing is happening in the United States, not only just regular festivals, but like beer festivals. Um, There are beer festivals all year long in the U.S., um, but they especially pick up in the summer. And so many of them have been canceled, which is just really, really sad. But a lot of them are thinking outside the box now and going virtual. So I want to mention and give props to a few of them that are available online or will be available online that um, I want to check out for sure and our listeners can check out as well. So one of them is the Craft Brewers Conference, and I've mentioned it in a couple different uh, Liquid Bread episodes here because it's uh, it's like a five week long conference that I've been checking out, and it's great. It's a few different uh, seminars a day. Um, it's actually totally available um to anyone for free right now which is awesome uh the end of may uh they close it off and it's only available to to members of the brewers association um which i definitely recommend uh people uh join it's a great great organization to be a member of and support uh but regardless if you want to get a lot of really awesome technical knowledge on everything in the beer industry um go check out the uh, virtual craft brewers conference um and then the brewers association is also putting on something called homebrew con or the national Homebrewers convention Sorry, conference. I should say uh, that happens every June, but that just got canceled, and I was actually um, going to be speaking at it. Um, oh, I was wow. really excited about my seminar. Um, yeah, it's a bummer, but that is going virtual, um, and I'm cool. I've been retained to to do my talk. Uh, oh, virtual. so you're still going to so you're still going to speak? Oh, well, yeah. that's good, yeah. Yeah, nothing is so, going to yes.
1: nothing is going to stop Rich from talking about beer, Larry. <laughs> There's right.
0: nothing. Certainly not. A global Certainly pandemic not is Except just some the over <laughs> in <on> the corner. <laughs> Certainly not lack of <laughs> listeners. I'm going to talk regardless. Uh, so anyway, that one is not free. That one's $99 to to register for, but uh, check it out at uh, homebrewcon.org. Awesome. And um, what else? The Oklahoma Craft Beer Summit uh, is now going to be available um, on uh, online and check out the craft brewers association of oklahoma's instagram and facebook pages for free access to it uh untapped i'm sure a lot of us have untapped uh, the app on i our always
1: phones. i always forget to register the beers i've drunk on untapped <laughs> but uh, i have on it on that, my phone you
0: can you can make up <laughs> for it by uh by by joining their um their beer festival which is normally oh, in fun. charlotte or at least this year was going to be live in charlotte um, and it's now going to be online in June. And there are a couple different versions of it. One is uh, pretty cheap, and it's just a, a way to kind of attend a bunch of seminars and, and kind of, you know, check out what's going on in the beer industry. But one, um, another one is a little bit more expensive. I'm not sure the price is. Maybe it's like 15 bucks versus 100 bucks or something. But the $100 one, um, you actually get a bunch of beer and glassware shipped to you, and you can drink oh, wow. that while attending these seminars. Oh, that's kind of awesome.
1: Focused.
0: Talk about the beers as you drink them. So, yeah, super cool. Uh, super cool ideas.
1: So the con so, yeah. the con is that you're not drinking with people, but the pro is that you can keep drinking and you're not going to embarrass yourself.
0: That's right, and you don't need to uh, worry about you know de- designated drivers or anything like that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just have a good time.
1: You know, so cool. while
0: Oktoberfest has been canceled, and the Oregon Brewers Festival is canceled, and the Great Taste of, of the Midwest are canceled. Um you can still check out some other really cool options yeah. that are available. It was online. I mean, I wow. it
1: it had to happen and I knew I expected it, mm-hmm. you know, with everything. But Oktoberfest mm-hmm. being canceled is a real bummer to see.
2: Yeah. You know, just like that's <laughs> one of those
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, yes. <laughs> so we see it as a bummer. Rich, I know as a sister own, <laughs> obviously you do. But uh yeah. but yeah, just seeing it an event like that, a yearly global event that people love mm-hmm. and people kind of join together and it's a very positive event, you know. It's a, just a celebration. Yeah. It's 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 sad to see that have to be canceled, but obviously that's not important in the grander scale.
0: There's not a lot of social distancing. Uh, no. no. Yes.
1: If you look at one photo of <laughs> Oktoberfest, that is Corona's, a Corona is, party. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I'm sad not only because I'm a beer fan and a Cicerone, but I go there, like I lead trips there. You know, I, yeah. I take folks there and, and show oh, them. Man. We got to go. Uh, next year, let's go. Munich beer culture during Oktoberfest. Let's go. Larry, let's go. Let's trip. go. That let's would be
2: go. a great trip mm-hmm. to celebrate next year. Do, that's right. Be, do they yeah. have, do they
1: have Stump in Germany? Will will they make uh,
0: it? They I don't think they will, but uh I'll they order it. have enough I'll the same products. It. You can mush them together on the plate. Okay. Make, make your own mashed potatoes that'll and be. uh throw some sauerkraut in there. Fantastic. It'll be all good.
1: If if people don't know Stump is a mashed potato dish that I love. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a, it's it's potatoes with just a basically stuff mashed into it. Various vegetables. Really, what well, stuff? I really had, well, I had I the best one I had, which was with the first. It was actually technically the second meal I had with Rich, but it was sort of the first because we had like kind of a double meal lunch to start on the
0: first day. Yeah, on the
1: first day <laughs> we had a two double. Lunches. We had we had two lunches to start, and I was like, "This is my kind of. <laughs> this is my kind of tour. I like Rich." Um, <laughs> it was. It was. I think it was a kind of a like Chauvert, chauvert I think they called it, which is like a green. That's not collard greens, but it's green a...
0: cabbage. Chouvert. Chouvert.
1: Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, it was just like a green cabbage mixed in, but it was just, mm-hmm. it was great. Well, cause I ordered that and the mashed potatoes were just very like so flavorful and savory. Obviously there's like mm-hmm. butter and stuff cooked into it and had the, the greens in it were really tasty and flavorful and fresh mm-hmm. and obviously like pretty local. And then just, they, this wasn't on the menu. I wasn't expecting it. They just threw a sausage on top of the bowl of potatoes, just as like a side, as if it were like, parsley or something there was just a giant <laughs> sausage on top that just was a also a pinch of there. sausage it was its I own entree that. just thrown on <laughs> as the side and it was delicious and I was just like well I should move to Belgium
0: <laughs> uh yeah that stuff's trouble um it's really yeah it's just basically incredibly yeah, buttery parsley. mashed potatoes which are already delicious <laughs> yes. to begin with. and then beyond that they just add sort of like random you know prosaic uh you know veg- vegetable of the day yeah. in there so it's I like carrots being real or chunky it was chunky. Yeah, it gives a little bit of mm. stuff to chew on, basically. Yeah.
1: So that's yeah. So check out those festivals that Rich
0: Yeah, there's a lot to learn out there and a lot yeah. of smart people
1: and and, and before we yeah. move on to the next thing, actually I have one more uh listener letter I got here. Oh cool. Um, I'm gonna read it real oh, quick. Cool. Um oh this one's cool. also addressed to Larry. Oh, and this okay. is addressed to me? Oh yeah, wow. this one's also to oh, you. Wow. Uh that's Dear, interesting. Dear Mr. Bates, you got any open positions at your brewery? I need a job. Hey. Yours truly, William Refrigerator Perry. That's nice. So <laughs> He's, look, he's looking. If you if you if you got a position for William?
2: Then... Wow, you trying to say the man is broke? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I'm not.
2: He might just, just be bored. I mean, just, oh, maybe he just wants to come and work. Maybe he's he on the do. Yeah, to he just
1: liked your brewery. Believes in the beer. He loved. He loved the. He loved the concept. Yeah, he the concept. he's into it. He appreciates. Hey,
2: it. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'll um. I'll be sure to um. um give I'll you give you. I'll give you his info. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a resume yeah. attached.
2: Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting.
1: Yeah, looks like he he's mainly hired. worked on one place for, Listen, for he's tired. If, if William <laughs> the
2: refrigerator Perry wants to do anything in my room, he's tired okay oh good he's hired. thank
1: goodness okay William, <laughs> William he's listening he'll be he'll, he's expecting your call great and then uh so let's move on to the sweetness and the bitterness do you guys have any sweetness and bitterness for the week I know we're obviously in the pandemic so we're we're limited and we can do Nothing. I
2: got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> like I had a couple
1: quick ones.
0: Yeah, all hear. my stuff is the same. So,
1: Rich, what you got?
0: All right. So, sweetness, I got good news, folks. I have learned. Maybe I think to like hazy IPA. Ooh, there. I said it. Wow. I, it. Wait. I know. Oh. Wow. Breakthrough. Did you, did you sense that snark? A breakthrough. <laughs> oh, yes. A
2: breakthrough.
0: <laughs> what? What hazy IPA
2: did it? Did it to you? Well, specifically, this one
0: was—it's co- called Grazing Clouds, and it's by a brewery in Bozeman called Mountains Walking. Mountains Walking, and I've had a bunch of good, fresh, hazy IPAs, and all the ones you know that all the all the people are, flock to, and and uh, you know just tweet about and whatever. Send, Whatever Instagram, all that stuff. Have you been to New
1: England, beers. Rich? Have you had a New England IPA in New England?
0: I have not actually had one in New England. No, oh. I have not. Um, but they are brewed all over the world, and I generally don't love do. them. And I feel bad saying that because I, my goal in life is to understand, you know, why every beer could be good and every style could be good and what what the purpose of it is. And and hazy so IPAs noble. obviously. That that's, oh, such, that's such a
1: noble goal—is to <laughs> well, find I'm, the good in everything.
0: I'm obsessed like... with beer. <laughs> find the <You> good. <laughs> that's right. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, hazy IPAs just aren't that exciting to me because they take the the most exciting part of an IPA. Well, I shouldn't say there's only one exciting part of an mm-hmm. IPA, but they're all about sort of like intensity, right? Like not hazy IPAs, but IPA in general. It should be a, an attack of hops, and I like that. The industry and drinkers are mature enough now to understand that hops can attack in two different ways. One is through bitterness, and the other is through aroma. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so the hazy IPA, as we were talking about in a couple episodes ago, about West Coast versus hazy IPAs. Hazy IPAs are all about softness, right? They take down the bitterness. Man, I'm trying to find
2: out what brewery in Bozeman and what did that beer taste like? Mountains Walking. What? what I told you what brewery it's called (laughs) Mountain Walk. But what did it
0: taste like? Describe to me what it tasted like. Like, (laughs) what
2: what about it? it?
0: Go ahead. It tasted like poster child of hazy IPA. All right. So insert whatever you want there like bright tangerine, as well as like grassy flavors and passion Mm -hmm. fruit and mango and orange juice and all this stuff. And it was like nice and uh, uh, soft and pillowy from all the oats and the wheat that had been added to the mash. Um, It was a great beer, but what but what made it excel or made it, made me change my palate is that it had intensity. And rather than being intense from bitterness, it was intense from all the aroma. And it had a, a lot of carbonation and pop Ooh. to it. It sort of just, it popped. Was the aroma, was like the
1: aroma, sorry, was the aroma like hoppy aroma or like the fruity, the fruity side of things?
0: Well, both. I mean, there's a lot of crossover there. A lot of hop aromas okay. are fruit aromas, but. Fruit. Um, it just was. Uh, it was so bright and bold mm. and intense mm. through mm. softness. I know that sounds like philosophical or like BS, but I finally might be wrapping my head around this. I have. Style. I have yeah. to ask
1: though, Rich. Was this? Did this just happen to be the first beer you tasted when you were allowed to go outside again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. My, that's, a good, that's a good question, Maddie. That's a really good question. My tongue had been shriveled up for, <laughs> for eight weeks.
2: <laughs> and, that's a really yeah. good question.
0: Uh, no, fortunately, I've been going out a, a little bit more often this, this this uh, past couple weeks because we can up in up here in Montana. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I dug guy, it, and I'm excited to try more. Excited to try more hazy IPAs.
1: That's great. So, I'm glad you also hinted more at your. Uh your anti-hazy IPA stance. Because I I did have that thought after we did that other episode. I Uh I remember when I first, I remember you came to LA and I had just seen hazy IPAs suddenly appear everywhere and I had brought you a can Mm -hmm. of hazy. Mm -hmm. I brought it and I was like, hey, what about hazy IPAs? What do you think? And I was like psyched to be like, I know about something. And you were just like, nah, here's the issues (laughs) with hazy IPAs. Here's the problem. Here's why. And I know you, you know, obviously you, you, you in, in, in your very, list. in your very kind, I will find the good in everything way, uh, <laughs> shot down the, the ACIPA <laughs> and just, well, you just, I mean, you, you made sense, that especially from, well, it made sense from a brewer's perspective of like the very, you were, you were big on the part of it being very inexact and kind of, and, and in more I will say, disappointed. and I will say, and I would never have brought this up to you until right now. You left that can of beer in the back of my car when I dropped you off at the airport. <laughs> I did really. Yeah, you did. I, you just forgot it. I think. I think we forgot it because we <laughs> did a whole bunch of stuff, and it was just sitting in the back. Yeah,
0: that yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> we had been drinking. I don't think it was a spiteful and I, choice, and I wasn't driving, so I probably wasn't uh, the most. Uh, I wasn't the most. Oh yeah,
1: you you and Larry had had plenty oh. of. Yeah, um... and you
0: just th- threw me on an airplane.
1: That
2: was a good. That was a <laughs> good day. On, I yeah. was. I was. Uh, what was the word you used? Pillowy, but not not in the same way you just used it. I was. <laughs> Very pillowy. Very very (laughs) pillowy. I like
0: that. Um, All right. Well, so I I offered up a quick sweetness. Let me. Well, it wasn't so quick in the end. But uh, how about a quick bitterness here? Yeah. Hard seltzer. Okay. I don't have a problem with it categorically. Hell yeah, get it, Rich. Talking specifically, categorically. How do you define it? Is it beer? Is it wine? Is it is it cider? What is it? You know, it's not really any of these things. But currently, it's 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 classified. It's classified in the beer category, right? It's a fermented beverage, so it has to be in some alcohol category somewhere. And the fermentation doesn't come from fruit, and so for whatever reason, it's been thrown in the beer category. And what seltzer, does the fermentation
2: come from? What does it come
0: from? It comes from sugar, and uh, the sugar uh, can, be uh, corn, uh, can be corn, can be corn sugar, sugar beets, okay. cane sugar. But anyway, so seltzer, I just read, is predicted to be uh, t- to grow to 10% of the best, uh, excuse me, 10% of the domestic beer market share in the United States by this summer. Wow. And that is incredible do you, growth. Do you coming think that... From, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say coming from nowhere. Okay. Like mm-hmm. hard seltzer didn't really exist like three years ago. Do you think it okay. lasts
1: though? Do you think it's, or is it a Zima? Is it going to go the way Zima, that Zima?
2: I'm just
0: about to say. I don't know. I don't get paid enough to, to make these predictions. <laughs>
1: but so you got to say what know. you think. We're not paying you. We're just getting your opinion. Guy oh, in a bar. Thanks you're, for you're reminding me. <laughs> me. Yeah. Anyway, here's that my That said, answer if answer. anyone okay. wants to sponsor the podcast, please let us know. <laughs> please, yeah, please. Liquidbreadpodcast.gmail.com <laughs> We will... We will oh, if, if, if White Claw wants to pay us, we will veer so hard into a hard <laughs> seltzer podcast. <laughs> unbelievable big time
0: listen when i started when i got into craft beer back as a brewer in san francisco uh i was i read as much as i could about beer i want to learn more and more about it and i was like oh, i'm now a craft brewer i'm a micro brewer we are part of three percent of domestic beer sales and domestic well beer sales by volume and beer sales beer sales by dollars all right three percent that was 2004 it's now 2020 so in 16 years Craft beer has actually grown like crazy, and now craft is 14% of beer sales in the U.S. by volume. Okay, it's like the number Mm -hmm. of kegs or number, you know, number of bottles. And by by dollar sales, we're 25%. Okay, craft beer is 25% of domestic dollar sales, but that took 16 years to get there. Within like two two and a half years, seltzer has gone from zero to 10%. So I'm just wow. jealous, big time yeah. jealous. And is it
1: is it easy enough for like, a, if I have a brewery, I've been making beer for years, it's set up for beer. Is it easy to make a hard seltzer? Because a lot of breweries do that. You know, they have a bunch of beers yeah. and they have one seltzer. Sometimes it's a guest seltzer, but a lot of them make their own. Is it easy mm. to just do what you have? Easy.
0: Or? It's not easy. Basically, you have all the equipment you need. So in that regard, like the capital costs are not crazy to switch over to seltzer or to add seltzer to your portfolio, hmm. but to brew it well and really to, to like, to filter it, to get the color you want, the clarity. I mean, it has to be incredibly colorless and incredibly clear and all that to meet customer expectations. It's tricky. Um, I don't think it's an insurmountable task, but a lot of brewers are not used to that, especially brewers who are yeah, now okay. doing things like FPAs, It requires a whole new mindset to gotcha. use your equipment to that end to, okay. to, to make seltzer but they do have the stuff but
1: but they could like yeah it doesn't take a yeah like adding new equipment we'll be seeing more
0: of it for sure a lot a lot more craft brews me doing it especially a lot of them after after all the pandemic stuff they're gonna be throwing a lot of stuff at the wall to figure out how they can make money again Uh, that makes sense so them's my sweetness and my my bitterness nice
1: and i'm just gonna express a little bit of bitterness at rich for flaunting his ability to go outside and go to breweries while larry and i are stuck inside for who knows how long no, not oh, that sorry, bad. you cut out there,
0: Maddie. What'd you say? I
2: wasn't
1: listening.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh, sweetness,
1: sorry, my, uh, and because I, I did. are <laughs> is on one. It's the right episode for it, though. Um, that's right. You know, and then I'm going to say because I did. Say, I do feel like if you have, if you say bitterness, you have to say sweetness, and I'm going to say my sweetness is sitting here recording this podcast with you guys and drinking Aww. drinking a banana bread beer which is something someone brought over to a party one time, and I had banana bread beer in the back of my fridge.
0: Is that the one I left in the back of the car? Mine be you. That's easy. My uh, gift to you. <laughs> cool. All right, so let's move hey on. Guys. Yeah, Rich. I got a couple questions for you. Yeah. What so is it? You guys have, have done a variety of projects for TV and stage and just movies and things like that. Um, have you – been able to involve beer not been able to but has beer been a part of it at all have you been on screen or on stage drinking beer have you written beer into any of the scenes that you've worked on
1: larry you wanna go first or
2: no i mean the short answer is not that i not that i know of i mean there's plenty of times where you're drinking beer but it's not real beer i mean there's often Mm -hmm. times where i'm sitting there going god i wish this was a real (laughs) yeah (laughs) a a real a real drink but um they never give you a a real drink Say what
1: they never give you a real drink?
2: I mean I haven't had I, huh. I haven't been in a situation. I, that's because I haven't evening.
1: directed you in a drinking scene yet. I'd oh. make I'd make sure you had something nice.
2: Well we need to we need to work that I'll out. What character. do you
0: drink instead, Larry? On stage.
2: It's usually something nasty, like some kind of like sparkling water with like uh with some color. I know but but a lot of times I can't even think Trying to think beer wise. Generally, it's like you know you're doing like champagne or something like that, and they just give you like the mm-hmm. apple, you know, sparkling apple cider.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. But
2: any other time, it's just some kind of color for that I, my my experience has been like some kind of colored water that's kind of really flavorless, that's foamy. Sounds like hard seltzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except there's no. It's not hard at all. It's just, it's, I mean, soft, it's, just hard, it's just hard to swallow. That's that's yeah. just about it. Okay. Yeah. Generally, generally drinking and eating on a tv show or it, it's not the it's not it's, my experience. it's not it's not the best thing it could be ugh, it could be unpleasant <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sorry
0: to hear that Mad, yeah. maddie yeah any, i was gonna
1: say i've done i've um, or i don't do a ton of anymore but i used to direct commercials um so i have worked on a few projects and it's mostly been beer i've done like i did like a Kilbegin's irish whiskey commercial and stuff like that too but alcohol, cool. alcohol is just tricky because there are a lot of rules for there are a lot more rules, obviously, because it's alcohol and they have to present it in mm-hmm. a certain way. Um, and so, you know, even though alcohol a lot of the time gets people drunk and they drink it at parties and stuff like that, you can never show people actually being drunk. Um, everyone mm-hmm. in the commercial has to be, I believe, it's twenty five. Larry, is that right? Because yeah, when you audition, exactly. you have to be twenty five or older. You have to be twenty five, not just twenty one. It's, it's more just than a look. Le- so you're not portraying. Yes, yeah, so you don't look like a young person. A young yeah. look. Um, and then my mind immediately goes to one thing I did just this past fall was this interesting project called the Heineken announcer remix. And it was for Heineken and it was with a comedian, Andy Daly, who's super funny. Basically he did commentary kind of, it was like a comedy parody of a sports broadcast during a major league soccer game. And it, so it lasted like, three. Sounds pretty funny. <laughs> it was really fun. And Andy Daly is an incredibly funny man. Uh, but the difficulty of it was figuring out how to have, you know, we had guests come in, little like playing like, you know, character correspondence and stuff. And we had a real, uh, Kobe Jones is this real, uh, he played for the LA Galaxy guy mm-hmm. doing, com- doing real commentary. And the difficulty was throughout the three hours, we had to have little ways of them enjoying Heineken. Um, and I will say Heineken in particular for this, uh, compared to other ones in the past, they were very uh, relaxed and allowed us to, Sometimes they're like, Don't 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 say this word because it makes it almost sound like dunk sounds like drunk, so don't say it. Oh, but, for, yeah, yeah. but for this for for this commercial, they were pretty loose with that sort of stuff. And they kind of let us just do they're, a comedy thing. They
0: didn't bring their lawyers.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and but the one thing was we had to have people enjoy it. So the main thing was we basically couldn't have the hosts drinking it, even though mm-hmm. you'd think like sitting back and watching the game and drinking would be the thing they would do. And it's almost like our initial reaction is like, Well, that's a way to enjoy a beer in the game. But right it goes two ways. One, they're sitting there for three hours and they drink a few beers and they're drinking a lot and that's excessive consumption and you don't want to show that. So that's like a no, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other is you put one beer in front of them. They take like a sip at one point and then there's just a beer sitting in front of them and they don't like that because then it just looks like they don't like the beer, you know, like then they're yeah. just like an, un <laughs> like a warm, a warming beer sitting out. It's like this gross, <laughs> yeah, unappealing I mean, thing. And so, so we ended up not, e- so we ended up, and this was again, the nice thing about Heineken was they were okay with this, but we ended up not having the host drink at all. It just was simpler. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a guest would come in and they'd crack open a beer and take a sip, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we didn't like force, you know, mm, sometimes they'll force you to be like, mm, yummy and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that never feels realistic. Uh, but it, so that was kind of the thing that I don't think when you're like watching those sorts of things and it comes up in commercials all the time, uh, you're not thinking that as you're watching them, but they're like just these little things that you have to kind of consider the whole time. And with alcoholic, alcoholic beverages in particular, there's just, you have to be very careful and very precious with the product and how it's shown. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was, a that was my experience with, with beer, but the Heineken people were great. And Andy Daly is very funny.
0: Mm. So, when in doubt, when you audition for a beer commercial, don't go. Mmm, this tastes mm, good.
1: Yummy, yummy in my tummy. <laughs> Nothing no. Nice,
0: Larry. Would would are there any scenes or anything that you've been in that would be that would have been improved with beer? Yeah, all of them. All <laughs> them. Nice, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, all of them.
2: No one one that I. One... One that comes to well, I mean, yeah, all of them, absolutely, all of them. Like, good, I just, I'm, I'm just even Charlotte of, Webb. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <Playing> <laughs> LP, absolutely right. um, No one one of them that I'm thinking of is um, um, when we were shooting when we were shooting Big Little Lies. Or right at this park, Barn- Barnsdale Park, when we were shooting that whole. Um, I mean, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but when we were shooting that whole last kind of. Elvis Audrey out in the park scene man it was just such a long shoot it was mm-hmm. so cold it was oh, like no. it was like two and it's, I know it's LA but it gets it can get cold it was overnight shoots. it was freezing and I'm in this Elvis costume and literally the first day I'm driving you know to set I get a an email saying oh yeah um, the director wants you to to to, to, to learn this song cuz you're going to be performing this <laughs> Throughout it all, like literally, while I'm driving to what song was it? It's um, treat me nice, Elvis. Treat me nice. So I'm doing, I'm the Elvis person. Everybody's dressed as Elvis or Audrey, and all a lot of the guys got up and they do like a little Elvis um song, and I I did the first one, um, Mm -hmm. which is funny because it's actually the director's voice, not my voice. I was lip singing, but still, I'm driving and I'm like, what am I? I was just so nervous. I'm sitting there like, I gotta get up in front of the cold kid man. Resources, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. All these executives, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean. So, a really nice, hard, high alcohol content beer would have been perfect. Settle those nerves, huh? Look, it, it wouldn't. Let me let me be clear though. It wouldn't have been part of the scene. It would have been behind the scenes because it would have helped warm me up, and I would have I would have um, relaxed a little bit earlier. But no, say- it all it all worked out. It all worked out great. But it definitely would. have. I will, I will oh. say
1: Larry um I hope you're okay with this but like so I've se- I've seen you act in a lot of things. I've seen you be fantastic. I've seen you I've i seen plays. he's a great actor. Yeah, I've seen I see you, I've yeah. seen, I saw you play Martin Luther King and it was truly a fantastic performance. Great work, but I don't think I've been as excited by anything I've seen you in as I was when they were singing Elvis on stage and I was like, "Oh, I hope Larry is going to be singing Elvis. And then sure enough, there's Larry on stage in an Elvis costume doing an Elvis pr- impression. I loved it.
2: It was great. It, it, it worked out. It worked out great, but it was just, it was, it, it, you have to understand, like you, I'm literally waking up. Oh yeah. And I get an email going, Hey, so here's the song. And it, the way they said it was like, it was a, fam- like, I should be familiar with it. It was like, here's the song. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's like one of his
0: top hits. I wouldn't
2: say. What? But I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. No, I'm not even talking about familiar with the song. As an actor, I'm now nervous. Oh my God, I was supposed to prepare something and I completely missed it. So I'm (laughs) like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I I was supposed to know this song. So Mm -hmm. I'm driving there like, what the heck, what the heck? And then finally they're like, oh, don't don't freak out. We know it's last minute. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: always great when they do that. When they make yeah, you freak so out. You're cold. freaking out, and then you get there like it's okay.
2: Yeah, it's like oh, it's okay. It was, we know it's last minute, but anyway, yeah. it was just so. It was so cold. It was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was
1: fun overall,
2: great experience, but it was so cold and and yeah, yeah. So just the the immediate when I when I found out, it was just like oh god. Please. Yeah. So yeah, a nice heavy heavy duty. What was the name of that beer we were just talking about? That um. The refrigerator.
0: And, uh, the Sam Adams. No, the Sam Adams. Oh, the, 20, Utopias? the, Utopias? the Utopia. Utopia. Yeah. Utopia. A Utopia would have been perfect. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I, th- I thought you are reaching for the uh, the refrigerator doppelganger. Oh yeah. The De- beer. No. No, no not allowed. Thirty <laughs> percent alcohol.
1: Censored. No, not allowed. Larry's in hot water over that one. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> Sorry.
1: You have to talk to his lawyers. Um I will say there was one. <laughs> I, I haven't had any like scenes I think necessarily would have been better with beer. Um, Like I haven't I haven't filmed a bunch of like scenes of drinking other than like one thing where the joke was that it was a TGI Friday's cocktail that a guy was drinking like a silly frilly umbrella cocktail. But I, I shot a commercial that was for fantasy football and technically it was for Pepsi, but it was a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. It was kind of because they're I think owned by the same company. So it's a brand. So it was a a, a commercial that took place in a in a Buffalo Wild Wings at the bar. Antonio Brown was in it as a ghost. Mm. Ghost. This was before the is fall. That a
0: technical term, or like he was playing a ghost.
1: No, this is no. He was he was playing a ghost a ghostish version of himself. Um, gotcha. ha- haunting the man who did not pick him for his fantasy team. <laughs> but it was but it was two guys sitting at a bar and watching a football game and eating wings and. Because it was kind of like a Pepsi? Pe- yeah, because it was a Pepsi association. Nothing against Pepsi, mm. and it was for sort of like fantasy football. But it just, I remember just like shooting the two guys sitting there, and it just felt unnatural to see two guys <laughs> sitting in a bar, wings and just big, big, tall cups of Pepsi like with straws. <laughs> like you know, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm like, maybe two recovering alcoholics. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> they, but it just didn't feel like if they were holding. Also, I think for the actors, like if they were just holding holding a bottle of beer is such a way to physically orient yourself and larry i hope mm-hmm. i'm not cheapening acting in any you way are, by saying but i think it's easy the physically holding the bottles even i think would have helped the scene of just like the way they're acting and hanging out and two dudes hanging out in a bar
0: that is hilarious uh there are a lot of uh, uh outtakes of uh, norm from cheers uh pounding pepsi oh really no, not really. Not okay, not really. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, <laughs> but maybe yeah, maybe you, you, stuff
1: with Pepsi in the bottle every time. I just drink no, the, gallons the, the and idea, gallons though. of Pepsi for episodes.
0: The idea of yeah, of Norm drinking Pepsi is pretty odd. So yeah, yeah you definitely want to get a beer in those in those guys' hands.
1: So, Rich, I hope we answered your questions in a satisfactory yeah, manner.
0: You did so well. <laughs> You're just, you're like nasty. It's a good questions. Yeah, it's just really amazing. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So cool. So let's move on to your main lesson. I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm going to let you take it away. What is, before you begin though, what is the title of your lesson?
0: Physiology of Beer, Alcohol, and Hangovers. Fantastic. Take it away. Which is kind of, well, it's kind of misleading because we're not talking about the physiology of beer, we're talking about human physiology and how beer. Don't undermine it. your title. Yeah, you I just know, I know. you just
1: pitched your title.
0: Yeah, I know it was. Yeah, you totally um, just circled back, guys. I'm new. I'm new. New to this. Sorry, still working on it.
1: No, nah, go ahead. I put you on the spot. Ah, uh,
0: thanks. So, um, all right. So, all right. Let's talk about uh, effects of alcohol. All right. Um, they're all kind of well known, but they're worth going into because I think they're a nice lens at which to look at idiot things we've done in hindsight. Um, or th- through which to look at idiot things we've done in hindsight. So uh, uh, sort of in order, when you start to drink any sort of alcohol, not just, you know, beer, I shouldn't say any sort We're not like rubbing alcohol here, but, you know, ethanol, okay, things like beer, wine, spirits, cider, seltzer, whatever, uh, you first get uh, euphoria um, and excitement. In uh, you know going on in your head, um, initially you increase your sensitivity to stimuli, so you start to become more sensitive to light and sound, uh, bright lights and sounds and things like that. Um, and eventually, you become desensitized to stimuli, which is why you can handle like super loud music, beer or not beer, but alcohol can be sort of an anesthetic, um, so you don't feel pain as much. So when you when you um, when you
1: go with that with that with that path from initially from sensitivity to desensitivity, is that mm-hmm. is that because you drink more alcohol, because you put more alcohol in your system, or is it just like the lasting effect over time of the alcohol? Does that make sense?
0: So it's, it totally makes sense. I'm not a doctor. I okay. should have led with this. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm just a, perfect. I'm just a dude on a podcast. Oh, wow. cool. No, all right. So I think what what's happening are two different things. One is that you certain pathways in your brain increase their sensitivity to these you know to these stimuli, but then a different pathway that handles uh, you know, how that how they get processed or how like your thresholds to to pain or your thresholds, you know, how much your nerves um, can actually handle the intake that changes and becomes desensitized. Mm-hmm. That's my best guess. I actually don't know that one too too well, though. I should just shut up.
1: <laughs> no, I like it. Speculate.
0: Enough with the questions. I don't know. the answer. <laughs> but obviously you get decreased inhibition oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. Well, oh yeah that's it oh, that's a classic yeah. we're having fun uh, no reason delayed. Why, only reason why i ever started drinking. We're, we're pillowy <laughs> we're pillowy <laughs> at this point that's right yeah, exactly. uh you get delayed reaction time um that's a classic mm-hmm. one obviously especially dangerous for driving and drivers that drivers
1: that i feel like you i mean i did this i feel like you always saw like the little there'd be like a cartoon illustrating like the distance from you know, the mm-hmm. the red light or whatever and showing the little guy like driving on alcohol and he doesn't stop in time and then not on alcohol and the little cartoon car stops in time. Anyway. I
2: literally thought you were gonna say you <laughs> that you, you tested it out during driving. I tested it out,
1: drivers, yeah, they had us <laughs> they had they, they wanted us to know, so they had us all drink a <laughs> bottle of beer and get in the car and they were like, See, it's harder.
0: That's hilarious. Very popular class in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so also poor judgment. Okay, Certainly. that's
2: that's a matter of opinion. Okay, <laughs> let's, matter, let's, let's review matter, your
0: story here. <laughs> that's a matter of opinion. Um, <laughs> slurring, slurring happens from time to time. Uh, fatigue and sleepiness, uh, blacking out, vomiting. Now, I'll tell you though. Then, I'll tell you though, really quick, man. I get, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just from,
2: maybe it's just from bartending for so long. But like, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you can, you know, we we'll get fatigue you know, fatigued and and sleepy, but man, I get, I get energy, you know, and like I said, I don't know if it's just from being at the bar, because when you're at the bar, you're just like, man, Mm -hmm. come on, let's pour some shots, because we got a, we got a night going, the night's going, and I don't know if my, my body's just used to that, but it's like, whenever Mm -hmm. when I drink, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to be up, you know, I mean, it may be a little bit of that euphoria and excitement in the beginning, but like, Mm -hmm. I, like, it, it kind of energizes me.
0: Well, that's, that's also your association with it. You know, you, you, your experiences with alcohol have been couched in either pleasure or excitement or trying to, you know, just stay amped on the job and do stuff in a loud bar and all that. So you get sort of accustomed to it. Sort of like the physical, uh, you know, addiction of like, you know, someone who smokes a lot of cigarettes or something and still want to hold something in their fingers or something, even if they're not actually smoking. Um, you know, it's just like the, the associations you have
1: I feel like I don't know. Um, yeah, that's,
0: that's I feel like legit.
1: I don't. I don't know my reaction. I feel like I have just wildly inconsistent reactions to beer, or not to beer. I mean, excuse me, to alcohol. Uh, uh-huh. Like I'm not. I'm, I feel like I don't know consistently. Like sometimes it'll go. I'm very happy. I'm very friendly. I'm up and ready to go. Like Larry. Larry and I are having a good time. Larry's been drinking. We're having <laughs> a good time. And then just other times, I'm just like pretty quickly. I'm like, oh, like let's lie down. And I don't know if I. I don't know if I subscribe to this, but some people say like that different different alcohols will affect them differently? Oh, and they use, like the sugars I believe might. that 100%. 100%. 100%. That I know that
2: to be true. I, <laughs> I know it to be true. 100%. 100%. Because
1: okay. I feel like I just don't know. And I just, sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm always willing to take the chance. Let's do this.
0: And I'm... Well, it might be the, mental. And I hear I'm generally mental, pretty friendly. 100%. Here's
2: when the they, deal.
0: The alcohol is the same. Okay. Maddie, mm-hmm. everything... So, like a cocktail is is a is a standard like nickname for something that's like a mixture of stuff. Okay, so when you drink anything, whether it's beer, wine, or cocktail, um, it is a cocktail of different substances—not just alcohol, but also you are a different or a cocktail. It's a mix of different substances. Okay, so your mood, things like your your level of hydration and your fatigue, and did you eat earlier? You know, are you are you tired? Um, are you uh, anxious about something? Like your psychological mood, yeah. all these things. Um, are different every time you have a sip of something and what you're drinking also contains other things. It's not just alcohol. There are other types of alcohol, there's sugars or carbohydrates, things like that, that will change your experience with it. And some people are more susceptible to that than others. And so that might be what's going on with you with, with not being able to predict, predict this stuff. And Larry, that might also be part of your uh, experiences being different, whether you're drinking, you know, tequila or bourbon or wine or beer or whatever.
1: I'm yeah. guessing, yeah. I feel like the greatest factor for me is probably what happens right after that first drink. Like, if I have one beer and, like, Kawhi Leonard spins the, spins to the hoop, scores, I'm feeling good. It's a great drinking <laughs> night the rest of the night. But if, like, I have one beer and, like, whatever, Kawhi Leonard dro- dribbles it off his, it would never happen, never happens to Kawhi Leonard, but he dribbles off his foot, drops the ball, Clippers lose, whatever, then I'm just in the you know? Like, I think it's, there's a little zone for me, I think, that determines where the alcohol goes, and it might be just 20, 30 minutes in. That's my, <laughs> as a non-doctor, evaluating myself when I'm drunk and in no condition to evaluate anything. That's my evaluation.
0: Her school of psychology, I can tell.
1: Yeah, thank you. Anyway, Rich, <laughs> you were given a lesson. Let's get back to it.
0: Cool. Well, all right, guys, one last obvious effects of alcohol or, uh hangover the next day, uh, brain fog, withdrawal, things like that. Um, so a lot of different effects of alcohol. Some of them are fun. Some are OK. Some are pretty crappy. But we obviously, well, at least the three of us, continue to, to go back <laughs> go back to the well and keep drinking more beer. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're uh, we're OK with some form of, of these uh, of these effects. So I want to mention a couple uh, stories that are a little bit uh, embarrassing for me, but they all involve alcohol. And so they tend to make for (laughs) the more enjoyable stories to hear. Uh, But I want to review them and figure out what effects of alcohol led me to do these things. Um, So one is that... Revisiting
1: Rich's past mistakes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going back deep here. Um, so one of my most embarrassing times with alcohol uh, actually happened a million years ago. Um, I was in high school. Uh, I was at a post-prom party. Okay. So we went out to prom, Then a bunch of friends. Uh, we all got back together at uh, someone's house. And um, we had spirited a lot of uh, uh, spiritist liquors. Intoxicating liquors had been yeah. spirited into the house. And so we all uh, got got down to business and started, uh, started making cocktails and started drinking a bunch. And I deemed myself to be uh, a larger person with a, uh, a decent tolerance at age 17 <laughs> and uh, someone who had been w- weathered many storms. And so I made this announcement to everyone really out of responsibility, responsibility saying, hey, let's not shoot the golden goose here. Let's not uh, get crazy and barf everywhere and embarrass ourselves and make it because this is the place that, that we're allowed to party. So let's let's not ruin this. And so everyone's like, oh, oh thanks, dad. Uh, and so I sort of embarrassed myself with that, but it was like, all right, whatever. We all, uh, you know, get get to drinking and uh, had a good time. And then um, next thing I know, everyone's passed out and I'm still ready, raring to go. <laughs> and it's like three in the morning and I look around. And I'm like, well, there's no one awake right now and I have nothing else to do. Uh, so why don't I just start cleaning up? It'll make tomorrow morning that much easier. And so I start cleaning up and the process involved. Finding about twenty different uh, plastic cups lying around the house um, with about an inch or two of undrunk cocktail in each of them. Oh no! And I was seventeen. Rich, I wasn't no. going to pour that stuff out. Oh, so, Rich, like, no. I, <laughs> <don't>, <laughs> I, like drank. Don't drink the backwash cocktails. <laughs> yeah, oh no! This, and I was like, "All right, this party's dead. I'm going to sleep." So <laughs> I lie down in my sleeping bag on the floor, and in the middle of the night. Of course, I'm the only one that gets up to barf. And I keep it clean, and I go into the bathroom. I use the toilet but uh i was super embarrassed and the next morning i well not just the next morning for the the rest of high school i continued to get made fun of by all my friends for being an asshole and telling them not to not to overdrink and not to not to puke in a bar and then i was the one yeah <laughs> yeah so there was some hubris at play there yeah you're
1: like don't worry guys i'm from belgium i i can do that that's
0: right <laughs> so i would like to review um that perhaps there was excitement. <laughs> involved in that story yeah, yeah and it sounded like you had a lot of energy too so. yeah yeah excitement energy uh, some de- decreased inhibition uh perhaps and uh just a little bit of poor judgment and um yeah i paid the price wow
1: that's good uh larry do you have a story
2: i do i do have i do have a story because the first i was like i'm not telling any of these because i have a ton of these crazy college oh kids. yeah I'm man not, <laughs> i'm not telling any of them but i'll <laughs> tell you one because i know my buddy uh, my buddy he won't, he won't he won't mind. But um, so when I God take it, so every Thursday night, Thursday nights when I was at DePaul was like this drinking night, and it was pretty freaking. It, it it was pretty freaking crazy, and it started in like um the first dorm I stayed in, and the guys that would drink. I mean, it was just it would be ridiculous. So you'd have to drink a certain amount just to hang out throughout the night, and there's a bunch <laughs> of stories to that, that I'm not that I'm not even going to go through. But anyway. Just coming to this story, so we've been trying maybe it's like my third year, and we've been trying to get the gang back together to do another Thursday night get together night. And so finally, we all it worked out. We're like, okay, we're gonna meet at my buddy's place. We all met up there, and this is a wine story, and this is why I say. If I get <laughs> inebriated <laughs> with different alcohols, it does, it, it does something different to me. Wine makes me like a wino, like a freaking wino. Like I will I will remember everything, but I'm a wino. So anyway, uh, we're over here and we're drinking this wine, and it's cheap wine, but we're drinking it out of these like large plastic cups. You know, it's just nasty. And we're just drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. And there was this, there was this girl that I was. Was just so into her. I was so into her, um, but it never, I could never, it could never work out. Like we, we would try to try to like link up, but it never happened. And so this day I get back home and I am just, I am, this wine is in me. I'm like, I'm going to call her. I'm going to call her. Tonight's the night. <laughs> I'm going to call her and I'm going to tell her I love her, that I'm the one that <laughs> like snuck the poetry into her, 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 her mailbox freshman year. I'm going to tell her all this stuff. So I come back and I call her and I tell her all that stuff. And my boy, my roommate, um, is asleep. So he kind of wakes up while I'm talking. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, man, hey, whatever, man. It's got to happen. So then I get get off the phone. I go to bed. I wake up. All right. So then I'm going going to class the next morning and I see my boy. And he's like, Larry, Larry. (laughs) And I was like, what, what? He's like, man, do you know what you did? And I was like. Yeah, man, look, whatever. I called her, whatever. I, it had to happen. He's like, no, man, no. I was like, what? I called her. I, I like her. I had to call her. He's like, no, dude. <laughs> he said, I was asleep. He said, you came in, you called her. He said, you woke me up. I laid back down. He said, then, like five minutes later, I feel this warm liquid, oh my God. something warm at the bottom of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, he looks up and he says, you totally thought you were at the bathroom, but apparently I got up to go to the bathroom and I just went to the foot of his bed and started peeing on his, bed, and on his leg, basically. And he's like, he's like, he's yelling me like, Larry, Larry. And he said, I pushed you in the bathroom and you finished like in the corner over a basket, over like a trash can. And then you went, you zipped up and you went and you went back to bed like nothing happened. And he said, and I'm sitting here.
1: That's my favorite part of of my bed is wet. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, God, Larry. Nice one. Yeah. but So anyway, anyway, I just I I owe that guy. That's my best my best friend in the world. But he was like, Larry, he's I was looking at you. And I was like, if you weren't my boy, if you were my boy, I would have woke you up and made you clean my sheets. (laughs) Totally. he He was a good guy. He cleaned everything. And. It was, it was, that's, 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 that's nice. a crazy, crazy, crazy. One, one yeah. of my, one of my fun, crazy. It's fucking crazy.
0: That's fun. So what, what effects of alcohol do you think we're involved there to? Uh, oh, a ton
2: of it. <laughs> keep that amazing. I, I, I think everything on the list, euphoria, <laughs> excitement, sensitive to stimuli, de desensit- to stimuli, poor judgment? <laughs> decreased inhibition, delayed reaction time, poor judgment. <laughs> I don't think I was slurring. I wasn't slurring.
1: Okay. Uh, well, you're an actor. You remain eloquent. Yeah, perhaps yeah, sleepiness or
2: blacking stay. out, and right no, and no vomiting, and no vomiting. But, but I'd say I'd say everything else. I would say everything else. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh mm-hmm. man, that's awesome. Well done. Good, uh, good aim.
2: I've never heard anybody tell me that was awesome. Thanks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you.
1: I guess I'll, t- I'll uh, tell. Matt, oh, Mattie, I'll tell. Any any good yeah, good ones? I, I'll tell a brief one. I guess I don't know if it's. Very early in Megan and my relationship, back when it was still... I mean, it always is this part of the relationship. We are all in long-term relationships. But early on, you want to impress them and look good, especially in front of their family and stuff. And it was one of the first big family events of hers that I went to was her cousin's wedding uh, in New England. Um, I didn't know most of her family. Uh, I'd met her her parents, uh, mostly her dad. But I didn't know, you know cousins, aunts, uncles. I was meeting her grandparents for the first time, all that stuff. We were staying with her grandparents at their house, uh, I brought her grandma some raspberry Seas candies, which went a long way. She liked me a great deal because I brought her those candies. Nice Mary Lou nice. was on board. I watched Grey's Anatomy reruns with her, uh, <laughs> so they were very sweet. Did and we and what?
0: I was going to say, did you get her some New England IPA too?
1: Oh, I didn't yet. No, I didn't. Didn't exist at the time. I don't. It was. <laughs> oh, this,
0: this is going way back. Nice. Yeah,
1: a little while a while back. This was very early. In my, yeah, this was 2010, I think. Um, oh, well. a long time ago, and. And so, you know, I was kind of like nervous and stuff and going to the wedding and, you know, I am very, I am socially anxious often. Uh, And so, especially in this environment where I actually want to impress people and I don't know anybody, I'm not good at like small talk, especially at like wedding type scenarios. Unless if I know someone, I lean on them heavily in that sort of scenario, but I barely knew anyone and, and Megan obviously had her own family, so she was going to go off. Um, So I, you know, leaned on alcohol to take the edge off a bit because usually it makes me chatty, friendly.
0: Um, you knew that that guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so the drinks that they were serving there, there was homebrewed beer actually that they had. Nice. And they had gin and tonics in honor of Megan's uh grandfather Jerry, who who loves love gin and tonics. That's his drink. And they love mm. Jerry the Patriarch. Um the homebrew beer, uh, to be honest, wasn't the best <laughs> beer. Um <laughs> it was made by like a groomsman. and, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't great. And it wasn't something that I wanted to drink enough to get drunk on, you know. Like I didn't want I wasn't in the mood to drink a bunch, so I went with the gin and tonics. Tried to bond with Megan's grandfather over gin and tonics so over the course of the evening. I had a lot of gin uh, put into my system. Um, in the middle, in the middle, there was a point in the middle of it. They had a croquet. It was out in a beautiful lawn in um, New Hampshire. They lived in kind of an old farmhouse type building. So I, I did get in a fight with Megan's dad over croquet. I think he was in the wrong though. He was cheating, like he was trying to cheat um, with the croquet. But (laughs)
0: he's your future father. But
1: But I think we bonded over fighting over sports. I think that's that's a pro in some weird way. So that, but that definitely wouldn't have happened if if I hadn't been drinking. I would have just let the man hit the ball the way he wanted to hit it. But but and and also throughout all this, New England. I'm from Phoenix, which is dry as hell, and I am not used to what was at the time. It was June, late June. Very hot and humid, so I'm also sweating yeah, a ton and yeah. losing a lot of water, uh, losing <laughs> a lot of hydration, and I think that yep. definitely helped. And so, by the end of the night, I guess on the ride home, uh, Megan's sister drove us, and I guess she said it was like the chattiest I'd ever been. She really got to know me on that drive home, uh, <laughs> and I was very ch- yeah. like because I'm generally more quiet. Um, and then we get back to the house, and I'm sleeping in the basement alone. Uh, Megan was sleeping like upstairs in one of the bedrooms up there, and I just got really, really sick, and I wasn't feeling well. I went up to the the one bathroom. I was sleeping in the basement. There was no bathroom down there. I come up to the middle. I go to the bathroom, and I didn't make it into the toilet at time. Larry, you didn't have any vomiting in your story. I'm sorry <laughs> for those who do not like vomit or vomitophobic. Yeah. Please skip ahead. <laughs> yeah. Hit 30 seconds ahead a few times. I projectile vomited all over Megan's grandmother's beautiful wallpaper, like beautiful, ba- oh, nice God. bathroom. And it was... Daddy. I I have vomit. That's my. I honestly, of all the things you listed, vomiting is like what happens to me. I guess because, but um, yeah. I just shot it on the wall, and I was like oh, still man. drunk. I was not feeling oh, great. Yeah, it was two a.m. I was sweat. It was like it's and it's humidity in New England in in the summer was that we're like I would get out of the shower and immediately start sweating because I'm oh, just not yep, used I to hate it. That, yep. I'm so wet, and so it was like three a.m. I'm still kind of drunk. And I'm cleaning vomit off of Megan's grandparents' walls like terrified that her grandparents are going to find out about it. Cause like, I want it, I want them to like me. This is literally the oh, first God. time I've met. Oh, I met God. them two days before and I'm like cleaning, just drunk. And I'm spending like an hour wiping and sweating all over my pajamas. Just disgust. Just one of the more disgusting images. I'm sure if you had a camera on the wiping wall.
0: the same spot yeah, over just and over again, cleaning and, scrubbing,
1: and like, well also in like, I mean, I don't know where stuff is. So I'm like using like toilet paper and water and like combining like, Ma- like MacGyver style, like tools oh, in the bathroom. My oh my God. Um, <laughs> (laughs) I and I cleaned it up. No one ever knew, and honestly, I never told anybody until I I told. I told Megan. In I think it was at least a year. I didn't. Megan and I hadn't even been together that long. I think maybe a year. Maddie, Maddie, I I didn't tell her till like they know. no,
0: they do They don't. know. They I'm, all tell stories behind the back. They must. no, that's you my fear. That's like, my greatest fear, bitch. It's impossible yeah, you can't to say like, that. <laughs> There's no like pu- drunk puking ninja that no, can do this without know. being noticed and like clean it up. But they I didn't remove all evidence.
1: You can't tell. No, I told. I think I told Megan like a year later. I told Megan finally, and she was like just horrified and appalled. But I was like, it's too <laughs> oh late now. Um, oh my god. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they ever. If the grand Well, they know now.
0: They know now. That is fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, well, Maddie, Jerry. What, uh, what what effects of alcohol did uh, did you experience? Oh boy.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> a lot. I, I yeah, I there was like euphoria and excitement. Like I said, I get really chatty and hyper when I'm in in the positive version of drinking. When it, you know, like I said, I can go either way. But when it's positive, I'm getting very chatty, and that's when I'm like fighting with Megan's dad. Even you know, I'm not like I'm not like an angry fighter, and I'm never an angry drunk. I'm just very like chatty and kind of catty almost. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. So, definitely all that stuff. I don't remember any sensitivity to stimuli, really. I know there was music playing, but I don't know that that affected me. I never, I didn't feel particularly sick. Decreased inhibition was the big social one. And I think it did honestly help. Like throughout the night, I was chatting with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was willing to fight over croquet um, with the older man who barely knew me. Uh, and then I guess, I don't know, I guess poor judgment. Nothing was judged terribly. So, I didn't have well, that one.
0: The- the 10th through 15th genital. I guess that's true.
1: Yeah. At that point. Yeah. When I keep, and I, that, that's a bad thing that I have. And that's where the portrait goes is that I, once I've passed the point, I, I'm bad at like being like, okay, I should stop. Like I'm, I'm having fun and I'm just like, cool. More is good. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then, uh, then I think the, uh, the big part, I definitely don't, I don't black out. I'm not a blacker router, but Mm I am a vomiter. And, uh, Uh And that's the big old bullet point. Was the vomit <laughs> at the end of the night that uh bullet? Just the most miserable thing is cle- having to clean it up and just yeah. terrified that, like, for some reason at three a.m., Megan's grandpa was going to come downstairs and like catch me wiping his floor with toilet paper.
0: That's awful. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing
1: that. At least <laughs> is it, go is it good that we did and this? Their,
2: at least you didn't go in the room and pee on their bed. That would
1: have been. I really didn't. Pee, I didn't you pee know? on her grandfather. No, that's that's true.
0: Serves you right for arguing with me. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure I, I, in fact, know that each of us has other a long list of stories that perhaps are yeah. not not best shared over uh, over a podcast. But um, thank you, all listeners, for uh, for bearing bearing with us here. Anyway, yeah, I want to introduce that stuff because it's you know it's fun to put sort of a human face on this stuff, the the follies that we put ourselves through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of science that explains a lot of, a lot of stuff. And Maddie, I'm in your boat. Um, being a night puker, and I think that helps us. (laughs) It's a survival (laughs) technique because our bodies are saying, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Way too much toxin in our stomachs. uh, That you know, we got to get this stuff out because our body's you know maxing out here." So the folks, um, I got a lot of friends that are morning pukers, and they're the ones that um, spend all night absorbing a lot of that alcohol and getting. Getting continually drunker in their sleep, and okay. that um, they end up waking up with uh, alcohol poisoning sounds potentially worse than it is, or potentially better than it is. I mean, there, there are a lot of gradations of alcohol yeah. poisoning. But you know, if you end up throwing up in the morning, it's often because your body is is uh, it's too late. Basically, it's trying to get out stuff that it's not no longer in your stomach; it's in your bloodstream. And so, if you if you get this stuff out at night, it can help. Um, again, I'm not saying this is a smart thing to do. I'm not advising this as a way of, uh, over consuming, but, um, it's just sort of, you know, if you're a night puker, you're often better off. I think, um, <laughs> Jesus, what if you don't puke at all?
1: <laughs> well, what, for night then, peer? what about night peers?
0: <laughs> I think that's different. I mean, that's not really a way of your body. getting. Yeah. You're not ejecting.
1: Yeah. You're still processing, it yeah. all. it's going through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, alcohol is a diuretic, so it's going to increase your, your kidneys desire to, to get rid of water. You know, your kidneys <laughs> regulate, They're sort of like a valve. And if your body needs to hold on to water to help, uh, you know, dissolve and remove more, more wastes within your body, then mm. your kidneys will not allow as much water out to your bladder. That's a very classy, a
1: that's a very classy way to say pee is to say, to get rid of water.
0: So yeah, rid yeah. To, uh, uh excuse me.
1: Excuse me a moment. I've got to go get rid of some water. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <To> make water. <laughs> well anyway, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about um uh the nutrition. Like what, what is beer? What what are we putting in yeah. our bodies? First of all, there are a lot of sugars and dextrins. So dextrin is a fancy name for like a complex sugar molecule. It's sort of halfway between a sugar that tastes sweet and a starch that is also a type of carbohydrate but doesn't taste sweet. So sugar or dextrins are sort of in between. And if your beer has a lot of body to it, and it's um, kind of a chewy beer. It might have a lot of dextrins in it. Um, it also might have a lot of proteins in it. So, all these sugars, dextrins, carbs, and proteins come from grain mm-hmm. uh, in, in beer, and they all have calories. And so, each of them is a source of, of energy for us. And so, our bodies um, are inclined to enjoy consuming these, whether we're eating them, eating a piece of bread or eating, you know, a hamburger or something or drinking sugars and proteins and carbs. Um, so beer is nutritious on its own and our bodies are happy to, to have it at first. Um, it's not until it's inside your body a little bit before your body starts to realize that there's this other stuff like alcohol. Um, alcohol has, as I've mentioned, these nicer effects of euphoria and excitement but it's essentially a toxin. It's not particularly good for our bodies, particularly in in high quantities. So uh, so sugars, so carbohydrates and proteins have four calories per gram, whereas alcohol has more calories. It has seven calories per gram. And so alcohol is highly caloric. Um, how it got that way in the first place is that it's fermented from sugars, right? Mm. So sugars, how do, one of the mysteries, one of the magic things that yeast can do um, is it sort of concentrates the, the energy of sugar. So it um, takes something that's four calories per gram, and then when it ferments it, it creates two byproducts primarily. One of them is alcohol and the other is carbon dioxide. So it basically sort of removes the carbon dioxide component of things like carbohydrates and uh, gets rid of that and then creates the supercharged, uh, more highly caloric substance called alcohol or ethanol. And so that's why uh, alcohol does, you know, pack on the pounds if you drink a, a ton of it. Um, A myth I want to sort of discount or discredit is that beer is always more caloric than uh, things like alcohol, sorry, things like wine and liquor. Alcohol or ethanol is the the specific alcohol I'm talking about has seven calories per gram and that's it. And I don't care if that's in beer or wine or spirits. Um, It's the other stuff that's in the beverage that helps to increase its caloric value. Um, So if you have, if you have a shot of whiskey, you're getting seven grams per calorie or sorry, seven uh, calories per gram of alcohol that's in there, and that's about it, because nothing else in in a shot of whiskey has caloric value. It's prim- primarily water. Um, yeah. Something like beer or like a sweeter wine, like a dessert wine, tends to have sugar in it as well. And sort of like a cocktail, right? So beer naturally has most of the time it has sugar and it has alcohol. If you have that's a right. shot of whiskey, you don't have that sugar. But if you have a whiskey sour or if you have, uh, you know, a gin and tonic, there's sugar in the tonic water, things like that. We like sugar with yeah all this stuff.
1: Sorry, Larry, we um, saying something? No, I was just saying it's yeah.
0: interesting. I, that, that, yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, so a lot of beers, I mean, most of the beer that people consume around the world is, I mean, the really legitimately the most common style is, is light beer.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so Miller Lite, Coors Light, things like that, uh, Bud Light, they, and, but uh, or Michelob Ultra and things like that have uh, less sugar in them, but how did that sugar or sorry, but they have alcohol and the alcohol fermented from sugar. And so the alcohol has a lot of calories. But a lot of those beers, because they're light beers, they've been, actually been dealcoholized. So they remove some of the alcohol in those beers in order to make them not be 8% alcohol of beers. They want to keep them, you know, 4% alcohol. So people buy more <laughs> of them, a little bit more, a little bit more social, socially acceptable. So um, they actually remove some of the alcohol and so, what's left over.
1: I was going to say, uh, so if if we're looking at like different types of beer, and I know that like be I'm I'm kind of you know making them more generic than they actually are and different beers have different characteristics like naturally but if you're looking at like a stout beer and mm-hmm. a a pilsner and somehow they're both six percent would I expect mm-hmm. to have about the same calorie difference between those two? Like neither of them is like a flavored it's not like a chocolate stout or peanut butter stout. It's just a a straight stout and a straight pilsner that are around the same percentage, would they generally have the same caloric uh, value?
0: Probably not. It depends on the substyles. This is where it gets tricky. That's a great question. And I actually realized I, I was introducing the whiskey and the wine stuff a little bit incorrectly. Um, the amount of alcohol in a beverage is a strong driver of the caloric value of that beverage. So the number of calories that are in there is, first and foremost, look at the alcohol. So, if beer is in your example, you got six percent alcohol beer, and you have wine that's twelve percent alcohol, and you have whiskey that whiskey's often you know forty percent alcohol, but just for the sake of uh, this this example here, let's say it's forty eight percent alcohol. All right, so you got beer at six, wine at twelve, and your whiskey at forty eight. All right, so those are factors of you know four that that are not four; they're factors of six that triple up and, and quadruple up and things like that. And so, the amount of alcohol is the number of calories you have in there. And so a half a pint of wine versus a pint of that beer is going to be the same number of alcohol calories. And then the amount of sugar that's in there is going to dictate the rest of it. And so most table wines have no sugar. Most whiskeys don't have any sugar in them. Um, And so you don't need to worry about that. With beer, that's where it's nice to know the style of beer to figure out how much sugar might be in it. Pilsners tend to be fermented pretty dryly, down to often about 2% sugar by weight. That's pretty low. You're not going to really notice that when you drink it as a sweet beer. It's not going to taste sweet. Technically, that sugar is there, and it helps to balance some of the bitterness. It it rounds out that beer and makes it more enjoyable to drink, but you're not going to really notice it. In the stout, two sources of bitterness. One is the hops that are in there, but another important source is all the dark burned malt. And so sort of like adding sugar to your coffee, it's nice to have something to sort of round out those rougher flavors of the coffee. And so stouts, because they have more bitterness, tend to also have more sugar. Okay. So not everyone is like that, but some of them are like that. So things like Guinness is not like that. Guinness is really, really dry. And while it looks really dark, it doesn't have that much dark malt in it to make it really bitter. But something like an imperial stout or a oatmeal stout or a um, foreign export stout, there are a lot of different styles of stout, a lot of those typically have more sugar in them, um, sometimes like twice as much sugar. They might be 4% sugar by weight than a pilsner. Okay. So does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So getting on to the idea of liquor before beer, beer before liquor, you know, which one's going to get you drunk or uh-huh. whatever. Uh, mixing wine and beer, mixing cocktails with beer in the middle of the night or whatever, you know, a lot of people claim that these get them drunker, they get them more hungover. Uh I hate to say it, it really is just the amount of liquor or sorry, the amount of alcohol that you're consuming. Yeah. I so, the- so it's
1: not true that beer before liquor gets you drunk quicker.
0: More
2: Oh, that's what, that's what it was to you? The rhyme's I, a lie. I, I, what? Ours I was beer before liquor. The more sicker oh. liquor before beer you're in the
1: clear. We had the clear one. We had in the clear, but yeah, we had gets you drunk quicker.
2: Oh, we got it. That you the more you, you get sicker. So oh, it's like boy. if you don't want to well, get both, sick. Both you're rhymes are lies,
1: apparently.
0: <laughs> well, that just shows you how trustworthy they are. Yeah. Uh, I think the idea is that liquor before beer, you you drink, drink more, more intense yeah. alcohol quickly, and then or, you yeah. taper off, Yeah, so you're not going to be in as much trouble. Yeah,
1: it's more like a mental activity, like in the way you're behaving rather than the science of what's going on in the drinks.
0: Yeah, it's basically BS. Just if you're trying to, you know, if you don't want to get incredibly drunk, or if you want to monitor how much alcohol going a in lot. you. <laughs> that is such a college, of...
1: like a weird, dumb <laughs> college student thing too, to be like, oh, wait, how can I drink the alcohol in the way that's going to not... It's yeah. gonna let me keep drinking more. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. don't well, it's not idiot. just college.
0: I run into yeah, people all the time that that tell me this stuff. Is this their, as if they're like axioms of science? It's not like that at all. And another guy was telling me. Uh, he said he's never been drunker than the time he was at a wedding and he drank beer through a straw. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you got really drunk because you were at a wedding and a reception and partying with all your friends. It had nothing to do with factoring. No, that no, you no. He's onto something.
1: Straw. He drank it through the straw and it it, it shot heart, the, the, the velocity that shot through the straw right in his brain. I believe yeah, him. I guess so.
0: he was onto something. Let's get him on. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, anyway, another thing that people consume when they consume beer is carbonation, obviously. So carbonation will cause bloating, mm-hmm. uh, burping, farting, <clears throat> depending on how your body processes that stuff. And a lot of people complain that beer is really filling. And that's in part because it's carbonated. Champagne is also carbonated. Mm-hmm. So if you drink as much champagne as you do beer, you're going to get a lot of carbonation in there, and it'll fill you up. But another thing that beer has that champagne most, most of the time doesn't have is – well, champagne never has protein in it. Beer often has protein in it from the malt. Yeah. Um, that protein is like what makes a loaf of bread. Okay, It gives the bread structure. It gives beer structure as well. Um, so that stuff fills you up. And then also beer, as I mentioned, often will have a little bit of uh, residual sugar in it, and th- that's another thing that helps fill you up. So I'm not going to say the beer is the most like, like it's refreshing going down, you know, when you're drinking it. But then it does it does fill up yeah. your stomach. I'm it's not going to I'm not going to lie. Um, but makes you sicker. It does not make you sicker. But if uh, <laughs> but just keep better. in mind that beer has calories from alcohol and yeah. uh, potentially from sugars. There are some beers like saisons, like lambics, like sour beers that have hardly any sugar whatsoever. Um, and so you're really comparing apples to apples when you look at the alcohol content of the beer versus the alcohol content of table wine or spirits. But when you start adding sugar to your wines, whether it's a dessert wine or, uh, you know, certain styles of wine have a little bit of sugar in them, or you're talking about a uh, mixed drink, you know, a cocktail that has sugary mixers in it, then the caloric values yeah. are pretty similar to what, what we're talking about with beer.
1: Do you want to get into how the the body processes the alcohol?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. So we all talk about our liver um, processing alcohol, and our liver is sort of the front line for processing alcohol. Um, however we don't feel drunk in our liver. We feel drunk when alcohol gets to our brain. And what happens is our liver is the gatekeeper, basically. And our liver Are you the key master? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I'm there's, gonna be, there's gonna be a cocktail cocktail. I had to. <laughs> so the liver everyone's liver works a little bit differently at a a different rate or different speed, but your liver is not really going to change the rate at which it breaks down alcohol through, you know, throughout the evening, for instance. And so if you start drinking um, alcohol uh, at 6 PM and you drink at a certain rate, uh, and then the next day you start drinking at 6 PM and you drink at double that rate, your liver is still going to process the alcohol at the same rate. All right. Regardless of how quickly you're drinking it. So when it goes in, to your stomach, you drink it and it goes in your stomach and into your intestines, then it starts to be um, uh, absorbed into your bloodstream. And the first place it goes is to your liver and your liver takes up as much as it can. But if you exceed the amount that your liver can process, then it passes past your liver and starts to go into other tissues. Mm -hmm. And the main absorptive tissue that we, that we notice it going into is our brain. All right, and so that is how you start to notice and feel the effects of alcohol. That's where you start to get your excitement and your euphoria, okay. as well as your eventual poor judgment and slurring, things like that. So if your liver gets overwhelmed by the rate of alcohol that you're consuming, then your brain is going to start picking up the slack. I shouldn't say pick up the slack. It's not processing the, the alcohol at all. The alcohol is just residing in your brain and starting to technology and the chemistry of your brain. And so that's the basic process of what, what goes on in alcohol because it doesn't just hang out in your brain. It, it is exchanged between some of your brain tissues and your blood vessels, and eventually it gets back into the bloodstream and goes through your body and will eventually check back in on the liver. And if your liver at that point has capacity, then it gets extracted from the bloodstream and your liver will process it. So that's the eventual process of sobering up. But yeah, so that's the, that's the mechanism of of how your body processes this stuff. And so if you are, if you're larger, so, so how does size and weight affect alcohol absorption? First of all, if you're a bigger person, like I'm, I'm almost six, five, I'm a, I'm a big guy. So my liver is bigger than my wife's liver, for instance. So my liver just has more capacity to filter and to process alcohol. Um, It also, because I'm bigger, I also just have more uh, blood vessels and more blood. And so I can, I have more places in my body for alcohol to
1: to to hang out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, rather than it all going straight to my brain. Um, and then uh, gender also affects things. So men typically are able to process alcohol more effectively. And that's not size based, that's just gender based. And I'm not sure. Really? I don't know beyond that. Yeah. I don't understand the DNA behind that.
1: That's weird. Interesting.
0: Um, genetic makeup is part of it. Um, and that can be tied to ethnicity also. So I'm not going to, I'm not trying to be, you know, ethnicist or racist or anything like that. But what happens is certain. Uh, genetic makeup uh, will affect the ability to your, your body's ability to process alcohol. Um, there are a million other things that also can affect how your body processes mm-hmm. alcohol. Um, so yeah, just, there's so much. Yeah, It all comes involved. together.
1: Yeah. So yeah. really you can never totally know, like, I mean, you can always like take a guess, like, you know, I'm a bigger guy. Like mm-hmm. I can generally probably hold more alcohol than like my wife who's smaller than me. But at the same mm-hmm. time, there's also always a ton of other factors that, you really can't predict until you've basically experienced it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when I say genetic makeup and some of the stuff beyond just your size, we're talking about things like hormones and things like enzymes, Mm. you know, how efficiently do your organs work within each other? Like a lot of your organs are, not just, they don't function on their own. They're supplied by hormones and enzymes Mm -hmm. from other organs, you know? So it's, it's, and and your brain, like how, how you experience drunkenness, like euphoria is usually a a blocker. Uh, It's, it's alcohol starting to block the reuptake of dopamine and serotonin, which are neurotransmitters in your brain. And so if you naturally have more dopamine or serotonin, or you naturally have less ability to, to reuptake that stuff and, and get it out of your brain. So it's not just floating around making you happy. That obviously is going to change your ability to, or excuse me, that's going to change your sensitivity to alcohol and the, uh, the euphoria that you might get from it. Yeah. So there's just so much different stuff that goes on and it's different for everyone. And so that first time that you drink, you don't know what you're going to get and your body still can change with time based on, you know, especially for women based on menstruation cycle or, uh, you know, other factors like your behavioral factors. Did you just exercise? Are you dehydrated? Is your heart rate pumping fast? Are you at altitude? Things like that. All that will change your body's ability to uh, to process all this stuff and it'll change how you feel when you're drinking. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. It's pretty fun. Cool. I guess it depends on how much you, you you're drinking, how fun it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what you want out of it. Uh, let me ask one mm-hmm. thing. Uh, like how often can that stuff change? Like obviously like losing weight, gaining weight and that sort of thing. But like in terms of people saying that they can build up a tolerance. And I do think building up a tolerance mm. is a thing. To what extent is that possible? Or do you have any idea?
0: I don't know. Yeah. This is where I'm, I'm okay. out, of, out of my desk. Um, okay, cool.
1: We can just skip ahead. But then. yeah,
0: it does change and tolerance is, is definitely an issue. Um, You know, tolerance is not always so much your, liver's ability to process this stuff but it's also your brain's sensitivity you know your brain mm-hmm. will will is constantly changing its its neural pathways and and changing its chemistry even throughout the day or based on you know just foods or whatever you have if you have a whole bunch of sugar or sugary food or or something you know you're going to change some of the some of the stuff going on in your brain so this stuff yeah i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this i'm just coming up with a bunch of different That's ways good. that yeah. um tolerance can be altered. okay
1: cool so let's go to the morning yeah so the morning let <laughs>
0: Let's talk about the, the bad stuff. Um, actually, I need to take a sip of water. Oh,
1: sure. So, Rich, last night, I had a great time with Larry. We went out. We grabbed drinks. We were celebrating the end of the coronavirus situation. Oh, uh, man, we're I, very I excited. Wish. It's wish. 20, 25 years in the future. Um, <laughs> we get in our flying car and we go to the bar. Um, we had a great night. I went home. It was an Uber, a flying Uber, I guess I should say. Uber's still around. There you go. Uber's Just still around. And the next morning, I'm feeling like trash. My head is hurting. I'm feeling like oh, garbage. You actually
2: puked. You puked in the Uber, I, and I peed okay, in the, in the Uber.
1: We, we, It was a wild ride back. We tipped. Yeah. We tipped. We gave five stars. We, tipped, we were we very kind. Very well, though, the we flying Uber out. pilot would, you know, he was compensated. So, what's going on? I'm feeling horrible the next morning, Rich. What's going on?
0: There are a lot of things. The biggest thing, though, that happens to most people is dehydration. So uh, your body just does not operate as well. Uh, as it should without enough water okay water is a you know your blood is mostly water most of our bodies is mostly water or our bodies are mostly water Um, so this stuff is incredibly important and when you don't have it in your cells and in your bloodstream and in your organs you're not able to function as well and so that can lead to headaches that can lead to fatigue that can lead to swelling um, aches pains all sorts of stuff so you just have to stay dehydrated alcohol is a diuretic so it convinces your your kidneys to start peeing more when you perhaps should be holding on to some of that water. Also, when you're drinking, you're filling up your stomach with something liquidy, right? And so your body doesn't feel as thirsty at least initially. Um, you start, you know, your your stomach's like, oh hey, I'm I'm drinking stuff. It must be water. You know, there must be something in it in it for me. You know, but it turns out alcohol is not a good replacement yeah. for water. Can I ask one
1: really and, maybe very stupid question about that sort of thing? Does sure. beer beer has more water in it, right? Than a lot of like, is there anything in beer, like the extra ingredients compared to a more normal alcoholic beverage that might, that might actually hydrate me a little bit more that might like make the alcohol less of effect.
0: Well, yeah. So, so look at what's look at what's causing dehydration. First of all, lack of water because you're drinking something alcoholic instead of water and the alcohol itself, which is a diuretic. So beer, which has more water in it than other beverages, than other alcoholic beverages, and that has less alcohol, less of that diuretic than other beverages. Beer, you know, in moderation is less dehydrating than, uh, you know, than a shot of whiskey or Mm. than, you know, whiskey cocktail or, uh, or, you know, I'm sorry, I'm picking on whiskey, you know, any sort of spirit.
1: What's your problem Um, with whiskey, man?
0: Yeah, don't pick on it. Don't. I got don't pick wine whiskey. Whiskey. Hey, whiskey, whiskey was once today. beer. Yeah. Whiskey once was beer, you know. You for, you ferment uh, wort into beer and then you distill beer into whiskey. Then it
1: forgot where it came from, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, so there's there's some hydration in there. However, if you drink enough beer to overwhelm your liver and to it's start not, to not enough
1: hydration really to make it to
0: feel the, the effects of intoxication uh, yeah. you're, okay. you're not getting okay. enough hydration gotcha. and,
2: and so 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 you're saying that the number one thing to do is to drink water yeah. or to re- drink water i'm mean, not drinking water before drink bed water. yeah what about the hair what about the hair of the dog what about the hair, <laughs> hair of the dog hair of the dog helps
0: but not really all right, so Hair of the Dog is, uh, you're basically just replacing, you're, you're anesthetizing some of the negative sensations you're getting from a hangover. You're anesthetizing it with more of the the euphoria and the excitement that you're getting from, you know, f- freshly imbibed uh, alcohol. However, it's just going to add to your dehydration. It's going to add to your potential hangover. Um, you're just kind of pushing things forward. You're, you're not not—you're kicking the can down the road. It's not, it's not helping you. I have drunk plenty of Hair of the Dog myself. Like, I don't mind doing it, but it's not really going to help the situation long term.
1: But you can get drunk and forget about the hangover, sort of.
0: You can, <laughs> it's but... The, it's In not a good
1: idea, metaphoria. probably. And then that, next thing you know, that, yeah, get the back to <laughs> Get Back to the first part of the, the cycle, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> gentlemen, back to exhibit A. That's a bad, that's uh, a, bad, that's that a bad. Eventually, that's
1: alcoholism. <laughs> that's bad. That's not, uh, yeah. <laughs> really that's so, anyway, so yeah, so in addition to the dehydration, what else is you got? to So, it looks like a body. toxins,
0: yeah. So we got toxins, right? So you bring an alcohol in uh, to your body. You also have uh, acid aldehyde. Okay. Acid aldehyde is something uh, in beer. It smells and tastes like uh, green apple or uh, potentially a fresh latex paint or um, freshly cut pumpkin or squash. So it's really? kind of an interesting aroma hmm. and it's present in certain styles of beer. Um, Budweiser, in, in fact, uh, typically smells a little bit like uh, green apple to me. And that's an acid aldehyde uh, presence. Um, acetaldehyde is not particularly bad uh, for you on its own, but enough of it in your liver, it will slow down um, or it will cause hangover symptoms. So, alcohol molecules are broken down by your liver into acetaldehyde and then eventually into acetic acid. Acetic acid is just vinegar, and that's you eventually pee out. Okay. So, it's your liver's job to process alcohol into acetic acid so you can pee it out. But, an are you intermediary. Me a, are you telling me I piss vinegar? Yeah, you do. Yeah, drink it. Yeah, it, didn't it didn't like in your
1: story, your friend said he woke
0: up and it's <laughs> do not warm it. and they do,
1: smelled like vinegar.
0: <laughs> do not drink it. Uh, yeah, it, uh, there is, I mean, there are a lot of things in, in urine, but acetic acid is one of them, mm-hmm. uh, if you've been drinking, if, you're, if your body's breaking down alcohol. Um, but anyway, so acid will build up in your liver, potentially causing uh, uh, some, okay. you know, various hangover symptoms. Yeah. Um, other things involved are fermentation. Uh, so in your mouth, um, you have a lot of enzymes in your saliva. They're called salivary amylase, and they will create from uh, sugars, they will create lactic acid and acetic acid, so two sour uh, acids. And so if you have bad breath when you're drinking, it, there might be the presence of those acids. Your mouth might taste sour. Um, you also might have acetaldehyde being produced uh, in your mouth as well. And so you might get uh, sort of, a uh, again, that green apple note in your, in your breath. So, there are, there's also fermentation that can happen in your stomach. Some people have this awful condition. It sounds sort of fun, but it sounds, it's actually terrible. It's like a permanent drunkenness thing because their bodies oh. are constantly breaking down. They're, they have enzymes that are constantly breaking down carbohydrates into simple sugars. I mean, that's what our bodies do. That's how we get calories and energy from what we eat if we eat carbohydrates. But then they have uh, yeasts and fungus in their gut bacteria or their gut biomes that will then ferment those sugars Sugar. into alcohol.
1: Are is, they mentally, is... they feel mentally drunk? Like, like, yeah. those, is there yeah. like all these? Yes. Interesting. You get Weird. pulled
0: over for drunk driving, you know, and you're, you're blood, slurring. Yeah. yeah you're const- your body's basically That's a distiller, a, a brewery uh, fermenting alcohol inside it. And it occurs in your stomach and uh, intestines where, w- which are the exact tissues that uh, pass alcohol into the bloodstream. So it's like a fresh hit of alcohol. It's I'm crazy. glad
2: you looked at this. I was going to ask you about this because I heard about this and I wanted
0: to. Yeah, it's not common. It's not common, yeah, but it does know, make the I news every year. So, yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, there are also things called uh, uh, there's things that people have uh, allergies to or intolerances to. Um, and the difference between allergy and intolerance is something I'm not real com- uh, uh, comfortable talking about. I, I don't know enough about it, but they uh, are a, a group of um, substances or molecules called congeners. It's C-O-N-G-E-N-E-R-S. I'm not even sure why. what congener means, but among those can be fusel alcohols. And I was talking earlier about ethanol as the primary alcohol that gets you drunk, but there are a lot of different types of alcohols out there, um, including isopropyl alcohol. Um, so uh, pr- propanol is one of the alcohols that it, it might be in a, a beer in small pro- uh, portions, um, isobutanol, uh, what else methanol is a famous famous one geraniol fen, uh, phenylethanol there are a lot of different alcohols that can add a warming sensation to a beer particularly if it's higher in alcohol um it might they might smell like roses or mint or uh like um paint thinner like turpentine or solvent um the variety of different aromas and flavors they add to a beer particularly highly alcoholic beers or potentially belgian style beers cuz belgian yeast typically has dna that produces more of these fusel alcohols but they can also Um, create more headaches for people. A lot of people are sensitive to them. They have an intolerance or an allergy to them. Um, and they're what are that that's primarily what's in the heads and tails. If you're uh, if you know about distilling, you always want the hearts of the distillation, um, the middle of the distillation, because the heads of the distillation, and the tails of the distillation are not the pure ethanol. It's these other alcohols that you don't really want um, in your again, in your whiskey or your tequila or whatever. Yeah. And then I've got I know lots of people anecdotally. I don't understand the science behind it, but uh, they get ale headaches or hop headaches. Typically, ales, uh, especially American to them ales typically have more esters which are uh, fruity aromas that are that occur in beer as well as fusel alcohols all these things are in the congener category the category of congeners mm-hmm. uh, that can cause uh, headaches or ale headaches is, yeah is that's interesting
1: yeah because i feel like that is a very it does feel like an anecdotal thing i like when you mentioned it I, I have one friend who my mind went to immediately who yeah like says he has an alcohol allergy i've seen him drink before so it's not like the friends i have who are allergic to peanuts and will die Mm-hmm. Um And it's a totally different reaction, but you can totally, definitely yeah. see when he drinks he gets drunk, but also like there's just these kind of other set of effects that are seem very unique and not like an allergy in the more traditional mm-hmm. sense.
0: It keeps saying there's just a lot of weird stuff that we, that goes into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to wrap that up. I'm going to finish with a couple yeah. of tips for how to avoid hangovers and, you know, how to drink responsibly. Uh, but speaking of responsibility and, you know, it's been fun to, to chat about, you know, excess and, and all, you know, these stories and stuff we've been talking about this episode, but alcoholism, alcohol dependence, disorder, addiction, these are really, really serious things. And uh, I just want to remind listeners: we are not glorifying alcohol abuse here. We're just trying to talk about the science of what goes on on you know people's behavior here. So alcoholism and alcohol use takes it just even alcohol just drinking a beer takes a toll on everyone. So
1: I'm glad you say that, yeah, because I I think that's a part of you know it's it's like a thing that's not discussed a lot of the time in in craft beer because it's a it's a you know it's a hobby that surrounds an alcoholic beverage. Um, and I I told you this before, but um yeah, in my family there's some alcoholism. Um, my grandfather in particular had definitely had an alcohol dependence and he was mm-hmm. drinking a, literally a box of Budweisers a day. Um and it yeah, was kind of his whole life was centered around it. Yeah, you know. But um and I I I had like the mildest version. Like it's not like he there were a ton of problems associated with it, other than you could see how there was a dependence there and that it was a huge part of his life and he didn't participate in a lot of family activities cause he was off drinking in his chair. Um, and that was kind of, that was, you know, my Irish grandpa, um, the very stereotypical yeah. Irish yeah. grandpa, but seeing that and kind of knowing that in my family history, I think made me early on, like, I don't have a ton of drinking stories. Honestly, that one of the wedding and then the one of a few weeks ago in the crazy zoom call where I got drunk. I, but I, I don't have a ton, especially cause in college I barely drink. And the first couple of years of college I didn't cause I was like, no, I don't want to be, a, I don't, I don't want to be associated, that sounds intense, but I just didn't want to do that because I kind of, it was, there was a negative association there from my history with it, mm-hmm. um, and I think that with craft beer almost gave me, helped me to approach it in a very healthy way, where it is like a hobby to, to think about, and to, you know, I'm not drinking just to get drunk, that would, never was my thing, even though I have gotten drunk before, and like I said, I wanted to loosen up at Megan's family's wedding and that sort of thing, but... It kind of allowed me to be a little more thoughtful about it and never hit all the, the sort of pitfalls that lead to that sort of dependence and, and having this more yeah measured approach to everything. And I'm drinking a beer to taste the beer and wondering what what's going on there and why it tastes the way it does rather than, you know, I'm just going to throw back a beer because that's what I do. Kind of like
0: well, help beer, there's there are a lot of different levels of beer drinking I and mean, i shouldn't say levels a lot of different things that go on one is you know enjoying the effects of alcohol hopefully in a responsible way another is the social stuff where you're just doing it with other other friends and having a good time but there's also the art behind beer and the science and the history and all that stuff. And so if you can look at beer, the more lenses through which you can look at beer and enjoy beer, the more nuanced and appreciation you're going to have for it. And it's going to hopefully help you extract more from the beer than solely the alcoholic effects. Yeah. So um, yeah. Anyway, so I just want to wrap up with, yeah, to talk about mentioning alcoholism and, and um, you know, some people are genetically predisposed to it or more, more predisposed to it. Um, or situationally vulnerable uh, to dependence. And, um, you know, if you're in that situation, I uh, give you my greatest sympathy and uh, please do yeah. not drink beer because we're telling you to to drink beer. Yeah. So um, anyway, so yeah, tips uh, for controlling this stuff and controlling uh, hangovers and all that stuff. Just drink water, folks. Drink water, okay? Dehydration. Yeah. You have to fight the dehydration. Uh, you also will dilute the alcohol. Uh, eating food, that's another uh, common thing um, or common technique, I guess, uh, what you're doing when you drink water and you eat food, you're actually diluting the alcohol. You're putting more stuff in your body. That's got to pass through those same membranes in your uh, stomach and your intestine. All right. So the more stuff that passes through those and gets in your bloodstream beyond just alcohol, the more you're diluting it. Okay. You're sort of sequestering the alcohol for a little bit. You're not reducing the amount of alcohol that is in your body. You still, your body still will process that alcohol. But if it's stuck in a pile of potato chips and a hamburger or pizza in your stomach, rather than floating around in your blood and getting to your brain, you're going to reduce the amount of drunkenness that you get. Also,
1: those things are delicious. And when you're (laughs) drunk, they're especially delicious. So treat yourself. If you're in Belgium, get some extra fries. Get some stew. Do your part. Get
0: some stew. That's right. (laughs) So another thing um, – our skin is another, uh, huge part of our, um, our waste system, our endocrine system. Um, we will, uh, uh pr- you know, pee out a lot of alcohol, um, but also pee out or, uh, uh, sweat out a lot of the stuff. So shower, uh, shower, the waste off of your skin, to help your skin breathe and remove some of the waste from your body. Uh, other options are, you know, check in with yourself. You can set an alarm on your, on your phone or something, just like check in like, Hey, how many, how many beers have I had in the last hour? Or, you know, have I had a- water recently? don't drink alone have someone else there with you to help encourage you to drink some water you can encourage them to drink water um you know alternate every you know, have a water in between every beer or something like that um do you guys have any other ideas any, I mean, any stuff that's I, worked for you
1: i guess i do the one thing is my approach is kind of kind of rooted in a couple of things you said but i tend to order different things i feel like it's kind of yeah. like that wedding if i order if i'm just going gin and tonics all night i'll kind of keep drinking them because they all blur together as one thing but if it's like a yeah. cocktail at a cocktail bar I'm like, I tried this cocktail. Let's try a completely yeah. different thing. If it's a beer place, let's get this and this. Because then you see like, oh, I've had three different drinks. Yeah. That sounds like yeah. a lot more than like, I'm just drinking gin and tonic tonight. So that's kind of, I think, the way that I, you know, in that state of being drunk for a lot of the night. Like, I think that helps me to to regulate myself is having different things and trying just different flavors and tastes.
0: Cool. Yeah, nice.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we were, I mean it's 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 interesting. I just think about when I was bartending, but usually you know I was running around the whole time, so you're just like, you know, you're moving constantly. But you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I know the old adage of drinking coffee or like caffeine, like you know, I don't know how uh, how I mean, I don't know if that's really doing it or is it just like you know, giving giving your body a little bit of a boost or something. But um, I mean, it certainly would tell somebody to go. Larry, go were you drinking as a bar, as a bartender,
1: Larry? Were you drinking like a lot? Were you getting pretty drunk? No, I wouldn't. Or no? I
2: would. Well, I wouldn't say a lot. Like I don't like to say a lot, but like it's a. Uh, I mean, it's you mean on shift? Like well, a would, shift. Well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But here's the thing. It was like
1: John Taffer. Um, John Taffer would kick in the door. Tell you. Well, the cool it. thing
2: about it was the cool thing about it was it was a good things and, and bad things about it. The good thing was it was like the only time I would drink would be at the bar. So like when I wasn't working, I only worked like, you know, two or three nights a week. I wouldn't, I wasn't, I wasn't really drinking unless I was like going to hang out with somebody or something. But, you know, that was a point, there was a point where I was like, oh God, I'm so glad I don't work here anymore because it, it got to a point where it's like, I mean, listen, you know, like, I mean, you're dealing with people who are drunk, so you're not getting the best of people, but man, working at a bar, man, like, People are shitty. People
1: are shitty, man. I hate
2: to (laughs) say that. I hate to say that. But like I said, you're getting the worst of them. So I'm I'm putting that out. Like, you know, people are drinking. So you're not getting their best. But Mm -hmm. some nights, man, it's just like, what's happening tonight? Man, just give me a shot. And it just helps you. Like the the inhibition, the lack of sensitivity, all that stuff. It just kind of like makes you kind of yeah. just get through the night you know what i mean yeah. which, which isn't necessarily a positive thing i'm not saying it is well so when i when i quit working i was like thank god i'm not doing this anymore because yeah. you know yeah. it's just like i don't i don't like to feel like oh crap i don't want to drink tonight but let me have it so i can get through the night you know what i'm
0: saying yeah well it's a drug right and so it has a, a behavioral benefit in smaller you know in moderation but if you're in a situation where you're drinking or using drugs or whatever to avoid some sort of negative part of no, the situation I, another no, thing okay. is to get, get out really of that, that
2: situation yeah and it's not really that another great thing about la i will say this at least for me for me is it, i also would never get too crazy because it's like you got to drive home you know what i'm saying so it's like you're <clears> not it's not like you're hopping in cabs and stuff like that so you know what i mean but it's like uh, the other thing too is like i would bar back so i would get there probably like two hours before everybody and i would leave probably like three hours after everybody was gone you know i mean and then yeah, most of a the long shift also, yeah so it's a really long shift so by the end of it it's like you know you're you're just haven't been doing nothing but drinking waters and like sitting around eating too. So,
1: well, Rich, thank you so much for the, uh, the, the, the lesson on alcohol. Um, I'm glad you yeah. also said at the end of like alcohol, it's, there's a very serious side to it and we, there's no, we don't want to mean that or, or, or anything like that. Um, but also alcohol is also a hobby and associated with fun. Um, so it's kind of an interesting a very interesting topic to kind of discuss. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So so everyone drink responsibly. Um, if you do, you know, if you if you cannot drink for whatever reason, you know, we support that. Hopefully, this podcast is interesting to you. If you've listened this much, <laughs> if <laughs> uh, not, no hard feelings. It's in, yeah. <laughs> um, if it's not, it's really weird that you're still listening. To be honest. Um, but uh, for now, let's uh, move on to let's move on to the tasting. I'm really excited about this yeah. one. Uh, Rich, what is cool. the beer that you're having a to sample today?
0: We are drinking Saint Bernardus Opt 12, and this is, you know, I got a lot of favorite beers, but this is this is this is one of them. It's really really yummy. Yeah, I so guys, go one. ahead and pour your pour your Opt 12s.
1: Yeah. Uh right, So what's the what's that 12 all about?
0: So it doesn't mean much. Um, they
1: threw a number on there for no reason.
0: This is this is a, this is a rabbit <laughs> hole here. So so basically, it, it refers to 12 degrees of belgian what do they call belgian brewing degrees and that is the strength of the wort prior to it fermenting okay ah, which generally leads to more alcohol okay i mean the higher the number all right it's not a hard and fast rule it's not legally defined or anything like that but basically it equates to any any home brewers out there any brewers um, it's 1.200 in specific gravity for the original gravity of the wort, and that is enough sugar. So specific gravity is the amount of sugar. Uh, it's enough sugar in there to uh, turn into a pretty alcoholic beer. So this one is 10% alcohol. Um, have you guys poured it? I got mine poured. Yeah. I a lot of not head not on my pour, pour,
1: but it's like, it'll do.
0: Please go ahead and enjoy it, uh, smell it, sip it, drink it. Um, but while you're doing that, I want to make sure you notice something. So as a cicerone. And I'll give a quick plug to my deductive beer tasting method as well. I've, I've developed something called the deductive beer tasting method. Uh, one of the first things you do is you look at a beer to try to figure out as much as you can about the beer's appearance. Uh, to figure out, you know, really how the beer was made or what style it might be or what flavors you might be able to expect. Um, so when I look at this beer, I see a really just a beautiful kind of a chestnut brown color to the mm-hmm. beer. Uh, but the head on top of it, the foam on top of it. And there is a lot of foam because it's a highly carbonated beer. Uh, the foam's pretty pale in color for a beer that's as dark as this one is so i would call this uh this foam kind of a, a deep cream color okay it's not even a beige color but the beer is is you know definitely in the brown spectrum so to me that's a mismatch and i know that that is the case with this beer because this beer has been um capitalized it's called we talked about capitalization mm-hmm. in an episode or two ago but the idea here is that they have added a lot of malt to this beer so we we're talking about it being 12 degrees of Belgian brewing. So it's really sugary uh, to begin with prior to fermentation. where did that sugar c- come from? It came from malt, but it also came from sugar, straight up sugar that the brewers added. And the sugar that they added, that I can tell from the beer's color and the foam's color, is called dark candy sugar, dark Belgian candy sugar. All right. So when you add sugar to your beer, it will increase the, the sweetness of the wort, which will also increase the alcohol of the beer, um, but it doesn't add a lot of body to the beer. It doesn't add a lot of color uh, to the foam. Um, and if the beer is darker, or, or if the candy sugar is dark, it can add dark color to the beer. But it's not going to change the color of the foam. So, cool little yeah. thing you can look at, or you can notice about the beer just by looking at it. You can kind of get into the brewer's brain. I will also
1: say, I feel um, like I've I've had Saint Bernard. I've had wait Saint Bernardus. Saint Bernardus. Mm-hmm. I, I always Brewery want to say
0: Saint Bernard. I always want to say I always want to
1: say San Bernardist because I think of oh, French things, San Bernardino. French Saint or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, but the the thing that stands out to me and it is because like I said, I poured it and it had a a lot of foam and it's very carbonated and I guess I've never really thought about that before. But I, I I love this beer too, and I think a large part of it is the carbonation cuts the sweetness a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it 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 almost adds like I'm I I'm gonna call it like a tang like, like mm-hmm. almost like a tang or sourness, but it really is the carbonation. It's the bubbles yeah. kind of, whereas so many of those like really sweet, sticky, um, sugary Belgian ales that I also do love, I do think can be a little strong at times. Like if I drink too many, if I've had a lot of them lately, uh-huh. I don't really feel like a ton of them, but this one, it feels, I don't know how it is relative to other uh, Belgian ales. Cause I haven't really thought about it too much, but it feels like it cuts through it a bit. Is that true?
0: Well, it does. It also promotes the sweetness. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's something to ask yourself. Are you actually tasting sweetness or are you smelling things that remind you of sweetness? I mean, I okay, struggle with smell that question every beer, day. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you smell it, it smells like, you know, bananas and plums, dates, raisins, uh, you know, what else, clove, a um, little bit of burnt orange peel, things like that, that just sounds sort of fruity and sweet, uh, things that we often will eat in dessert or ice cream or something like that. Um, so it smells sweet. But plug your nose and take a taste and ask yourself, do you actually taste a lot of sweetness? No, I, I don't not. get
2: that much. Not a, a ton. Yeah. Not a ton. I do feel the carbonation on my tongue though. Mm-hmm. Feels yeah. So the
0: carbonation me. is is bright. There's a lot of carbonation. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of Belgian beers are highly carbonated for a couple different reasons. One is that the Belgians are so excited about the aromas of their beer. All right. So these are highly aromatic beers, and the more carbonation you have in the beer, the more gas is jumping out of the beer at all times, and as it does so, it brings a lot of aroma. Uh, you know, out of the glass, you can smell it. You know, if you smell it a, a couple inches from the glass, I can smell this beer. And also when you drink it, when you swallow it, a lot more carbonation, carbonation comes out of the beer as you, as you taste it and as you swallow it, that brings mm. more aroma to your nose. So that carbonation literally is acidic. All right. Carbonation tastes bitter and sour. All right. So if have a, have a bubbly water and a still water, and, 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 you know, take a sip of the bubbly water and then take a sip of the still water. The still water all of a sudden will taste sort of sweet. And mm-hmm. it's because carbonation is sour and it's bitter. All right. And so the sourness and the bitterness of the carbonation nice. in the that's beer the help to t- tame some of the sweetness, the actual sweetness that's in the beer. But then because all the aroma um, is so sweet smelling or it smells like sweet things, uh, the carbonation is there to bolster those sweet aromas. So the carbonation has okay. a, a huge role in Belgian beers like this. Wow, wow, it's delicious. So cool, yeah. This is Sorry, very I tasty beer. Yeah, dove deep on some of those things. No, that was great. So yeah. this is um, no, for 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 Westy Hunters. You guys, Westy Hunters. Do You know about Westy West Flutterin? Yeah. Have you I, had it? You've been I, there? I,
1: no, I, no. I've, the only time I was in Belgium what? was with you that one time, and no, I haven't been, but mm-hmm. I I am eager to go back and and go for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Are, are you? Are you are, are, what do you call it when the head stays retention? Is that what you call it? Yeah, head retention. Yeah. But this doesn't have great head retention. Does is does it? The ones you guys drinking does it have great head retention. Mine, well, again, mine... there are a lot of
0: different issues here. One is the cleanliness of the glass. If you, maybe you had another beer out of it earlier, or if it might have a little oh. bit of soap in it from the dishwasher. Oh. Oh, also, the had, temperature of the beer. Another, maybe I had another beer in it, and the beer is a little. There you go. Um, I'm,
1: I'm going to come clean with you. I'm actually drinking out of a Starbucks reusable cup right now cuz I had forgotten to grab a never, glass and I, never I, I didn't want to make phone. you guys That's wait. It is a lot of foam. It is a lot of fun. and it's sticking around, yeah. yeah. Um, uh,
2: okay, well that makes sense. Good yeah. good call. Wait, to get to
1: the West platter uh, though, um rich, do you yeah. want to explain like what that like it's I know it's basically sure. some yeah, like you call it Westy Hunters, so there's clearly like kind of a fad around yeah. a trend about it. Go ahead.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's just a really culty brewery, um, Belgian Abbey breweries. I mean, they're so the Trappist breweries, uh, most of them that brew beer and sell beer are uh, located in Belgium. They're a handful in other countries as well. Um, but uh, they're really famous um, for their beers. They're, they're really unique, just interesting, delicious beers. Um, and some of them do not distribute the beers. You have to go to the brewery to, to drink that beer. And um, one of those is... Um, Actually, now that I think about it, most of them do distribute. Uh, West Vlederin might be the only one that doesn't. It's the Abbey of St. Sixtus, and it's in very far western Belgium. They do not distribute their beers. You have to go to the brewery, and you can't buy that much of it to take with you. You just go there to enjoy it in the cafe, and and that's it. Um, you can get a six-pack of beer, uh, basically, to go from the cafe, or sometimes you can call ahead and order two cases, but that's your limit.
2: They're pretty successful, right? That sounds well, that sounds a lot like... The bar idea I pitched where <laughs> we didn't have a lot of distribution and I was like everybody's just gonna have fun you gotta coming come. in you gotta come. and drinking
0: and kicking it and you could take the George Stanley Hallis with you. Well, then it's it's working for them. I'm not I'm not saying it's not gonna work for, for the beers for your brewery, but uh, who knows. Yeah, you your beer your, I you think hasn't been around long enough.
1: West Flen also has a Walter Payton beer, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they should. They should <laughs> Sir Walter, <laughs> brother, brother Walter. brother Walter. Anyway, so this, this beer is um, brewed uh, about six kilometers away from the West Flattern Abbey. And this brewery was the actual brewer of West Flattern beers from like 1945, 1942, sometime around World War II oh. uh, through uh, 1986 or something. I think basically for about forty, forty five, 45 or 50 years, it all West Flattern beer was contract brewed at this secular brewery called Browery St. Bernard. And so that um, that beer uh, – sorry, this beer that we're still drinking is basically the same recipe for uh, the most famous – one of the most famous cultiest beers in the world, which is called West Vlaterin 12. It's the exact same yeast. They kept the old yeast. All this is the same. Um, and then West Vlaterin in the 1980s uh, rebuilt their old brewery. They used to brew on their on site in the early 20th century but then uh, stopped brewing, I think probably because the, uh, the Germans took their brewing equipment and boiled them down to, to munitions that happened all over Belgium. That's a, that's a separate story. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, this is, this is as close as you can get to West letter in 12 without actually going to nice. the brewery. I, so,
1: I, yeah. I will say I have trouble order. I feel like I always have trouble ordering it cause I don't want to say it wrong. So I always, oh. I, I, I usually, I'm just like, can I get like the 12 or like the St. Bernard 12. I skip the opt <clears throat> cause I feel like saying opt to a bartender in a bar or something where the music is playing.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it,
1: Look, I, I, like it's, I said, like, social anxiety. Like I said before, I need a few gin and tonics to feel comfortable saying St. <laughs> Bernard is opt-12. Hey,
0: Maddie, you're talking to the guy who who ordered uh, the uh, Duchesse de Bourgogne and got two shots of Herodera. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, you
1: know, go for Awesome. So, well, it is a great... Technically, so,
0: it's pronounced opt. opt. Yeah. It's opt pronounced opt. And it's opt. Flemish or Dutch for abbot. Say so, it in confidence. And are...
1: if they if they don't take it, you tell them Rich said. Rich said it's
0: opt. You say Say, opt yours.
1: Honestly, I never do that. I, th- I thought it was short for like Abbott, honestly, or something like that.
0: No, it's just the, the Dutch word for it. Yeah. I never
2: that. considered it. I just opened it and drank it. That's fair. <laughs> Cheers. Larry, is this uh, your first time anyway, drinking it? No, uh, no. Okay. I've drank it plenty of times, but okay. I've just never considered gotcha. what the ABT stands for. You don't think about for. it. But I've never ordered it in a bar. I usually just get
0: it like at the store. See there's so, two guys, t- there's final th- what oh sorry Fine. final tasting note question here what do you what are you eating uh with with your beer Oh, boy
1: i mean look rich you i can't not say stump right now <laughs> it's going to be a stomp actually although i i guess i'd say i'm going to get like ah uh, i maybe like a blood sausage or something like an, a a oh, sausage maybe a little oh, bit of yeah. sweetness though with the sausage if there's like a little bit of a a sugary. Oh, the,
0: the beer, the beer will be that fruity sweetness. I'm not That's gonna true. lie, man.
2: French this mm-hmm. French fries would be this would be dope with some French fries. I know you I know totally. I mean it's probably the obvious thing, but this would be dope with some French fries.
0: I think it'd be delicious. Good call. I'm I'm disappointed you guys sound as if you're talking theoretically. I'm actually eating some uh smoked Gruyere right now. Uh smoked cheese. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds good. And it Get is out of Dodge
2: perfect. City. Get out of Dodge City.
0: Hey, I don't mess around. It's yummy. First it was the Samoas, now it's this. Hey, it's not my fault if you're only drinking your beer. You Got to pair it with
1: food. <laughs> all right, well,
0: all right. Awesome. Um, well um, There's obviously part. there's a ton we can talk about this beer's uh, flavor, brewing technique, um, history, geography, all that stuff. But this has been a long, uh, long but good episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll um, get. I,
1: in, I think we'll, we'll. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the Trappists at some point. We'll get into yeah. more into the history there because there's a lot of cool stories uh, associated with that. But mm-hmm. for now, Rich, thank you so much. Thank you so much of for listening, everybody. Uh, This was a fun one. Uh, Always enjoy responsibly. I know that's like a very ad thing to say when they always like tweak the word to say enjoy responsibly. Yeah, but I think Mm -hmm. be responsible. But I think also it is a hobby to be enjoyed. So if you can do it in a healthy, safe manner, please do so. Have a good time. I don't know why I'm the person who needs to tell people to do that. Adults listening to this (laughs) podcast. You're an adult. Take care. (laughs) You can take care of yourself. But anyway, (laughs) that's going to let's get out of this. I got to wrap this up. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening to listen. Look, can, uh, I, can, can I say it? Can yeah. I say it? Say <laughs> don't say. No, 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 not yet. Happy, we gotta, no, we're, no, we're not there yet. Oh, but uh, you can say. Larry. <laughs> Larry, this, Larry this, this, is why, the, this is why I oh, never sorry. say it. This well, I'm, why I'm stumbling through like, it because this is a strong beer and I had a banana bread beer <laughs> earlier. But uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, <laughs> the wheels it's are a lot going of fun. Off. Uh Rich, do you have anything to plug?
0: I do. Yeah. Yeah. Check out my beer lessons on YouTube. I get six minute long videos. I'm uh, putting out on YouTube right now. I'm really stoked about them and I'm um, doing them in collaboration with the restaurant community. So uh, check those out and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at multi rich.
2: Awesome. And Larry, I got to go plug in this fan cause I got these
1: windows <laughs> down and I'm hot. It is warm. It's getting warm in LA. Um, I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Maddie Smith with two F's instead of a TH at the end or Instagram at daddy Smith with a D instead of an M at the start. Just cause again, there's a lot of Maddie Smith and you gotta do what you can. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at liquidbreadpod. Uh, if you have any questions about anything, any questions for Rich, you can DM us at our Twitter at liquidbreadpod or email us at liquidbreadpodcast at gmail.com. That does it for this episode. Larry, want to take it away? Happy beering. Happy beering. <laughs> good work. Happy
0: beering, good everyone. Work. <laughs> have a
1: good work. Cheers, oh. guys.